0: Thank you for listening to episode 129 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This was another good episode where Jimmy answered some questions from the chat regarding fork seal leakage and whooped out single tracks. We also had Ty Davis come on to talk about his latest project, the Atalanto Grand Prix, as well as some racing stories that he and Jimmy shared t- together. Rustriando was another great segment with a bike that was really loaded up for a good weekend. And then we just started taking some questions from our Facebook and YouTube which you can comment on at any time, regarding some Yamaha starting problems, as well as a two-stroke top-end rebuild instructions. I want to thank you again for listening, and I want to thank the sponsors who make this show possible. Yamaha, Takamoto, Adelanto Grand Prix, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC Sprockets, and Trail Tech. Go ahead and show those guys some love and enjoy the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday
1: number 129. This is the, the best show you can watch right now about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. How you doing, Logan? Uh, pretty good. So, welcome to Tech Talk. Um, got the voice of Matron working. Mm-hmm. This could be the demise of this entire show. Yes. Uh, this is the show where we, uh, like I said, live from Pahrump, Valley of the Dirt people, try to let you know how to solve your motorcycle dirt bike Mm -hmm. problems so my name is jimmy lewis i'm the um washed up ex-motorcycle rider used to be a motorcycle journalist now i just live in my own little world and this is logan tyler who races every once in a while Mm -hmm. with a certain amount of success yeah you're happy with your success yeah you want to get better well i want to ride a dirt bike a lot and you mean for be the rest and... for the rest of your life and yeah. su- support your bad habit by mm-hmm. um doing like what i've done yeah like riding about dirt bikes getting my picture taken on dirt bikes talking about dirt bikes kind of yeah we got a great show for you guys tonight uh i'm going to hey roger we got one of our buddies coming on later i got a special guest so um now i know that's roger uh <laughs> So, good to see everybody in the chat that's out there chiming in. Um, if if you wanted to get better on your dirt bike, would you go to Jimmy Lewis off-road training? You could. You could. For, sure. okay. For a really good <laughs> teacher. Co- you're a coach. You should have just jumped right in there and said, if I practiced all the stuff I taught, I'd be like winning the A class. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what you should have said. So... Um, This show would not be possible without the help of some really good sponsors and friends, of course. Uh, DDC Sprockets has been with us literally since the beginning. They make really good chain wheels. That's Delaney Drive Components. Go to ddcracing.net. And if Matt doesn't trip over or break anything over on the side right now, I guess we're trying to fix cameras and do a couple other things. It's never perfect around here. Uh, you think after 129 episodes, I would, I would figure this out.
0: It's only my 29th episode. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, you know, I th- I think Logan, what we should do is we should have him go back and look at like episode like two or five. It's hard to watch. When did yeah. you come on?
2: I would guess a hundred episodes ago.
1: Hundred episodes ago. <laughs> uh, I think it's a little before that. Yeah. Because at 28, I see me. Okay. So you can go to episode 28, earlier. and then you can, oh, you mean on the on the picture or whatever. Because mm-hmm. you don't watch this show. No. No. Why would you? <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot um, for joining us. Yamaha is a big part of this uh, show. They keep us going. Blue Crew, I have a YZ125, and you don't. Yeah, yep. No, Wait. No, he's
3: got a one. No, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I uh, no. d- I you know, Dad jumped in there, and I thought maybe yeah, I... he bought you a YZ 125 It'd be a really good training tool. You should come over, and we should go riding, and you can take it. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll take whatever you rode next. I'll ride my own bikes. Because I'm, I'm getting you have my bike, the same one. Mine's better though. Actually, no, I don't have an XC. I don't like linkage. I don't either. Oh, well, okay. So this is a, this is a good thing. We're gonna talk. I think we're gonna talk about lowering bikes tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think there's some questions about lowering bikes. So, you always wonder what's coming on the show. Well, usually we don't know because, like, right when you come on this show, or you're like, we sat down here and figured it out. Matt printed up some nice sheets that talks about what we're gonna do. We got some good questions tonight and a really good guest. Super secret surprise guest coming on at uh, about seven forty-five. That's forty five this I yeah. think so, yeah, in about, in about 30 minutes. So right when we get done with all the bull crap, mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't work, uh, then we'll bring in somebody that knows something. Taco Moto. Taco Moto. is a great sponsor of the show. Don't get excited about touching that microphone, Logan. No, the tape was coming up. Yeah. So. Logan, don't touch stuff you don't know what it does. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Takamoto sponsors Rooster Endo, which is our most favorite Everybody Loves It segment. This is a segment where you send us a picture of your bike and you tell us what it is and the mods you've done, and then we tell you what we think about it, which is kind of a very one-sided discussion because unless you're in the chat to defend yourself, you're probably going to get ruined. This is a high chance. High chance? No, we... We have a video submission Recently, tonight. it's pretty... It's good. that it's, it, it brings up good discussion. You get to see what everybody does with their bikes. And it's like, I probably say the things you would like to say is the way I would like. Like if the guy just showed up at your camp, you know, maybe he's one of your buddies or guy. Here, here's the way it works now. You met a guy through an online hookup group, kind of like Grinder,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And uh, he, they, he shows up and he rolls his bike out and you see it. This is because this is what we see. The, we see the bike. And he tells us a little bit about it, and then you then you just go, "Oh, great! Like, what what do we got here?" So this is how Rooster endo works. Um, so we tell tell you whether your bike roosts or endos, and then um, yeah, then you might win hundred dollars from Tacomoto. Thanks a lot to takamoto.co If you need some s- s- stuff for really mostly you know dual sport kind of KTM ish bikes, but he's getting into the Hondas he's uh, got a lot of stuff there so you can always go there of course scott sports um my favorite goggles especially the light transitioning lens inside of the prospect i'm kind of bummed because i was out at king of the motos king of know oh, king of the motos is gone i'm sorry like rest in peace i went to king of the hammers and uh i was out riding around and i'm usually out early and i was out till after dark every time and I was wearing my Scott prospects. I have one pair that has the transition lenses in it, and these things are getting hammered. Cause I was wearing them not only all day and then I ride back at night. And then, then the light. Luckily, it was good during the day. Light transition. I could ride back at night because I had a Baja Designs light, so it's almost like daylight. But anyways, they got scratched. They were, they were. We did some stuff in my UTV. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing the goggles then, too, because it was so dusty. If my voice starts doing funny stuff or I start hucking up, like, big dirt clods that might even have, like, organic matter in them, like plants growing out of the stuff, all the the dust I inhaled. But back to my goggles, I think they rolled around on the floor of my UTV with somebody's feet on top of them, which is a testament to how I was still wearing them even after that happened. But they got a little bit scratched, so I'm bummed. Climb gear. Mm-hmm. You wear a climb. Climb, yeah, jackets. Jackets. Mm-hmm. What kind of regu- what other gear do you wear? Did the you, stuff you give me. Did you give me your size list? Yeah, for when when we did that that gear order earlier. Yeah, but I was like, I think,
2: like twelve minutes after one day.
1: It's twelve minutes after one. Day. What does that? You mean? said do this to like. I said Before it, 24 oh, hours. within 24 hours and it was 24 hours and 12 minutes right and so you may not get the gear because I had to have the gear order submitted mm-hmm. oh you'd be bummed you've probably yeah. grown since then too so you'd probably have to give it to your sister Um, man I was wearing climb gear all weekend uh, like all last week it was awesome because it's so cold and then it gets hot and then it gets cold again and I was comfortable the whole time so um, did Victor just say I sound exactly like the girl he dated in Ensenada last year? Wasn't a mm-hmm. girl, Victor. <laughs> Victor, you are super hot. I like you. Okay, um, I'm sorry about that, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and TrailTech, hey. We know TrailTech makes the Voyager and the Voyager Pro GPS units, but they also make really awesome uh, instruments like the Endurance and the Vapor, which are like speedometers, odometers. They do all kinds of little things. So if you're looking for a digital gauge, if you want, if you want to know how far you've gone, like how many hours between maintenance, uh, an RPM gauge on the on the, I think it's the Vapor has the RPM gauge. All these kind of cool things. Check out TrailTech for all of your little digital devices needs. And radiator fans. When you're overheating in the rocks, mm-hmm. I didn't do any of that at uh, King of the Hammers. I went riding in the rocks, but I kept my clutch to a mi- clutching to a minimum. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's go get on with this show. Um, we got some good questions popping up in the thing. Where do we go? Do you want to go live? Let's go live to the to yeah. The we'll, we'll do live questions I wanna, up here because I want
0: to reward the people who are watching,
1: right? Um, Victor says, "Hey, my friend has a 2020 Ducati Multistrada. You know what a Multistrada is, Logan? I would assume it's a
2: Ducati that is entry level into dirt. No, you're but totally it's wrong. Dirt. It no,
0: is no, no, no. Mu- it's So my, so my time at the at the motorcycle shop, if I remember right, the Multistrada is almost like a V Strom, where it it can be an adventure bike, but it's
1: really more like a touring bike. It's got the gnarliest motor." It's it's a four. I'm pretty sure it's the four cylinder. No 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 no, no twin. 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 Yeah. I was thinking of the. Um, I was thinking of a different. Multistrada. 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 Yeah, two. Well, anyways, why am I thinking of the four cylinder? What's the four cylinder adventure bike? Is
4: there one? Oh, the Triumph.
1: No, Triumphs three. three.
4: Three.
1: Anyways, okay. So back to just like Jimmy just had a brain fart. And Logan doesn't know we don't know what it is. We're dirt bike guys, so okay. Mechanic says it needs a new chain and sprockets after 4,000 miles. Yeah. He rides mild and sometimes two up. Do you think he is being abused by the mechanic? He is watching the show. Um, are you guys holding hands while you're watching the show? And did he sound just like I did on the when I used the voice of Matron? That's and is he from it? She from Ensenada. <laughs> um. I doubt that after 4,000 miles that you would need a new sprocket and chain unless Ducati is now sourcing their chains the same place that some other manufacturers do where you have aluminum chain wheels and chintzy non-o-ring chains. Um, But you know what's funny is some of the mechanics these days have been trained at like one of these places like like an MMI, for instance. And they're very good at taking someone that that says, I want to work on something. I, I, I would prefer to work with my hands. And it may be sewing machines, it might be chainsaws, it might be motorcycles. But you go to a place like MMI and they will teach you how to be an effective tech. And if the manual says that your chain adjustment, you know, or whatever, goes past this mark, or if your chain moves up and down this much, then you have to do something to it, adjust or replace. And I can actually see that if your chain was loose, that he checked it and he said, Oh, the chain's loose, replace it, as opposed to like knowing that there was some adjustments. I remember on my Hondas a long time ago, the Hondas actually had on the chain, they had the cams cam shell chain adjuster. And they would say after you went past, like there was, it was from one to 40 or something. And after you w- went past 25, you needed to replace the chain, even though you had to still, you know, the, the chain, the bike broke in and you'd swing it down and it'd go to like 22. And it sat there for a while, 23, 24, 25. And you now you've still got, half three quarters of the life in the chain so i i think i don't think that the uh mechanics trying to screw him he's probably just doing his job the way he knows how to do this that's the way he was trained and what is his multi doing in there oh probably getting the valves adjusted are they desmodronic the multi they might be. Maybe somebody in the chat can answer that question. Because if you have Desmondronic valves, I think adjusting is pretty stinking gnarly. valves. Is it electric? No, no, no. It's 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 the, the the instead of it just pushing on it, it pushes and pulls. No oh. valve
3: springs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy. No, I think they're springs.
3: They're really light.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just a. <laughs> they're not
3: really doing the job it's, of the valves.
1: Yeah, I you know I, I wish I would have. Oh, that cool. That's they, they, something because uh, unfortunately the Ducatis were, I mean they were dirt bikes back in the days or scramblers back in the days. But like when they really got high tech, I didn't pay enough attention to them because I was more worried about you know chassis geometry on dirt bikes and stuff like this. And we had guys when I was at Cycle World like Kevin Cameron that 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 explained that probably in the best way ever. You know, to, to, to learn and, and figure it out. And I, I just remember bikes like that came into our test fleet, and we rode them around a little bit. But I know that nobody would ever go into the valve cover of a Ducati at our shop. And I would have. I just didn't have time. I probably had plenty of time to do it. But then I was jumping BMX bikes down at Sheep Hills or and you know, going skateboarding or something like that. And went and, hey, that was more fun, so I don't care. Okay, so... um. Hopefully, Victor, we helped your friend, and um, and maybe I'll give you a pat on the back, Victor. <laughs> okay, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Q School. What are they? What's their question, Logan? Tips to prevent fork
2: seals leaking. Two thousand six KTM three hundred XCW here.
1: So the good I, I would I would like to ask the question, like, where are you located? Because it depends on whether you're dealing with mud or you're dealing with dust. Um, but it's eh, kind of the same thing. So start with good seals. And that means like just don't buy the first thing you see on Amazon. that's at the lowest price. That'd probably be the best, um, best advice for there. Um, like bob's over here like he's yelling out letters the names of seal companies or something as if it's going to make a huge difference bob i will tell you that i i will dispute that because something i've done over my time here is is those ones that you just mentioned cost four times sometimes what the other ones i was able to put in and I've done it where I've had two leaky fork seals and I've replaced them with two different kinds of seals. So the name brand, the stock one, ones from companies like All Balls or um, uh, what's the other company? Uh, Pivot Works has rebuild kits. Um, And I bought them off Amazon. You know, like not Amazon back then, but eBay is where I was able to get some kind of cheap ones. And I tried them all. And the ones that were the cheap ones for sure lasted they lasted enough to where if you were really into replacing fork seals, if you enjoyed replacing fork seals, that you might be able to, because it was a quarter of the price, you might be able to put four in before you would have to replace the one you were, you know, pricing it up to. So, but if you get, you know, from more less, you know, some, uh, you know, a company that's in the power sports industry that you're familiar with and you put the seals in, then I think quality is kind of a, you know, kind of the same thing, but the super high end ones do not last longer than the normal or we'll call mid range ones. In my experience, if everything else is equal. So here's the other thing. When you're doing your seals and stuff, make sure you don't have a nick or a ding or a scratch in your fork tube. Because, All it takes is one little nick and that thing will, and if it is a sharp edge, that'll go up and rip your brand new seal as quick as the old one. It did on the old one, which caused the leak. So that's usually the biggest cause of, um, fork seals going bad is nicks and dings. So make sure that, that it isn't something else besides the seals causing the problem. You're talking about a 2006 bike. If you're having fork seal leak, at a at a long you know over an extended period of time or you're you're constantly having fork seals going bad your bushings and stuff inside the forks could be bad and it's just it's not the fork seal is not the problem it's all the other stuff that's causing the problem there's some wear there and a lot of times where you know something loose leads to another thing that's loose and it's hard on the fork seals it could you know basically it could be there could be a lot of debris floating around in there cuz stuff's worn um so check that but if it's really leaking it might be time to send your forks to somebody that really knows exactly what they're doing and they can they can kind of check it out um what else would help but keeping the you know keeping the dust seals you know the it, don't just rep, if most of the time so i probably go two fork seals to every dust seal. Does that make sense? What about occasionally pulling the dust seal, so, cleaning clean, it? Not... yeah. So, so here's the other thing. So, if you're riding in muddy conditions where where mud and and like stuff that gets dragged up in the fork seal. Take the wheel off. Yeah, you can you can actually pop the fork seal down, clean that area out. That would help extend the life of the fork seal. Uh, but I could see where, if you're in muddy conditions, abrasive mud especially, where you'd want to replace the seals and the dust seal at the same time. But like I was saying, out here in dust, dust seals, I go two to one on fork seals. Um, I don't know if that actually makes sense, but it's been working for me. And actually, you think about how many bikes are floating around here, how few fork seals are. TTR 125 excluded. Mm -hmm. Did you notice it was leaking? Yes. Um, That's bushings and they're they're in the bag with uh-huh. the brand new fork seals ready to go in. Oh really? But there may be some other wear parts in there that are causing that that would require an entire slider mm-hmm. replacement. So okay. That's uh does that answer that question? Yeah, Somewhat. I think so. Okay. Another question. Oh, wait a minute. Facebook user says
2: I stand corrected on the Yamaha RT slash DT discussion last week. The DT1 was a 250-plated bike, and the RT1 was a plated 360, which I still own.
3: Jorge can give himself a pat on the back. He was right.
2: There was an MX version of each that did not have lighting, better porting, etc.
1: And those were the RTs? The no. Yeah, I don't remember, Trump but right. hey, well, who's is who's Facebook user? Is that that's not Taco Mike, is it? I don't know who. Facebook or we don't user know. Is. It's like yeah, somehow, who is Facebook user? But anyways, thanks, thanks for uh, <laughs> takes balls to say you're wrong. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that actually feels like. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's good. <laughs> I know we had this discussion last on last week's shows about DTS and RTS and and the the uh the how the naming was and which one was which and I'm not that wasn't my thing. I remember I've ridden a couple of those and it's a little before my time, but uh pretty uh pretty good. Hey, Cooper Luke says what kind of sprockets do you recommend for a KTM three hundred? What do you think Logan? Uh DDC Delaney Drive Components. That's,
3: that's your new helper
1: right there. Yes. Is Logan's new helper? Dot
2: net, yeah. Well, Logan's my new helper? DDC what do you mean he's helping? Racing dot net, no cooper he's going to be here next weekend oh
1: yeah or is it, how good is he at uh, crushing aluminum cans and sorting plastic from aluminum <laughs> i would uh. guess pretty st- pick it up pretty quick what about what about lo- Oh okay what about hey bringers off i know i forgot i didn't I didn't even follow my own rules oh man what about uh locating uh good places to uh rake uh leaves this is the best thing about this show live from kendall normanville um kendall you're on tech talk taco tuesday how's it going bud oh man i forgot about this <laughs> oh. <laughs> well i forgot to turn my ringer off so guess what you're on the show all right well hello talk tech talk taco tuesday don't don't you wish you were here in studio with us yeah i do wish that and and you're calling because you wanted to know if i looked at your roadbooks yeah, exactly. Are you going to Glamis tomorrow?
5: Not tomorrow, but
1: the next day? I don't know exactly, but <laughs> yeah, this week. <laughs> so rally training is ongoing. You're you're the new rally trainer to the stars. You you're you took over rally training for U T V winners. Uh I mean
5: I've had a lot of longtime friends in the industry and we just uh you know, go out and enjoy and do what we love to do and have fun and,
4: and keep trying to build off of, uh, you know, hey,
1: well, from where uh, we've been. So, what is it? All you need is some flip flops and a what? What's the quote? Oh, and, and some board shorts. Flip flops and some board shorts, and you're ready to ride, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go, go anywhere. Go anywhere.
5: You can take me anywhere.
1: So, where would people find that video if they wanted to go look for that? uh i think red bull tv okay so someplace you can dig chasing through. summer chasing summer youtube I
5: think you can find it on youtube or red bull and or red bull tv
1: <laughs> and, and that 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 was the ride where you guys the little towing you had to tow somebody out of someplace or
5: uh yeah we had three of the rides one was filmed but every ride had a different crazy stories or chain of events things that happened um yeah one of the times quinn was towing
1: me because i broke my chain right okay i I broke the stator i broke the stator oh the stator went out yeah and then he was towing me and then his chain broke
5: and we were like okay cool we got another chain on this other bike and then after inspection we realized that that chain was about to break too (laughs) so then we took a ride from coco in the middle of the night
1: yeah so you uh you you probably have some really good uh you know fix it on the trail experiences we need to one of these times when you're in here we need to quit talking about whatever we're talking about and we need to talk about how to rig stuff on trails because I've, yeah, I've, I've become i uh, I've become pretty good at that. Well, when you when you go for stupid long rides in places with no tools, and you learn all the stuff that the guys in Mexico do, and you know, actually, it's African engineering too. Because, and I'm saying that because I've been in Africa. And you think Mexico or Baja is gnarly? You should see what these guys do. Like, especially in 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 North Af- North Africa, like they have. Imagine taking the, the you, you go to the the tire shop the La Lantera in Baja, and you take away three quarters of their tools. This would be the tire shop in Africa, and wow! Like I, I've I've seen them like like wire tires back together and get them to stick and hold air, and you know instead of having like the right size lug nut wrench, they just use a hammer and a chisel and, <laughs> and get lug nuts off. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when you live in a world that you don't have Amazon to rely on for when you need <laughs> something new or fix it, when there's a will, there's a way. Right.
5: Uh, yeah, before I went to Dakar, I remember we, I went riding uh, with Tyler Behrman and co, and we were climbing some hills, and on my way down the hill, there was a rock garden, and I came in way too hot, threw her away, punched a hole in my big gas tank, and it was like, I mean, we're in mountains, so I didn't really want to tow out of there. And pulled out my, uh, my Leatherman and started whittling down a uh, Manzanita stick. Ended up shoving it in the hole. First one, punched it through. Got another one, started whittling it. Hey, I couldn't believe it, but got the thing fitted in the hole and it held for the rest of the ride.
1: Oh yeah, so there you go. Rest That's of the ride, good. yeah. Didn't didn't interfere with the whole ride. So
5: it didn't even have to go straight back. We just kept riding.
1: <laughs> well, the good thing is you're able to lay the bike down on a side so you didn't lose all your gas.
5: Yeah. Well, it was on the inside of the tank. So oh. we had to take the ga- we had to take the tank off as fast as we could <laughs> and get the thing on the side.
1: Yeah. And then went to work. Right hey well kendall I will, I will get back to you um with uh your whatever your uh, needs are um remember not to call me on tuesday nights between 7 and 9, 8, 9 p.m because that's when we do uh, tech talk taco tuesday here live from prump uh you know next time call logan see if he turned his ringer off okay it's always off okay. it's oh your ringer is that how you work your chicks you know, uh, Logan's, Logan's got, he's got chicks calling him all the time. That's why he has to turn his rigger off. Remember those days, Kendall? Oh, yeah, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling into the show. Um, uh, we'll, all right. Th- thank you, Jimmy. Have a good show and nice chatting with you. Okay. See ya. All right, bye. That's Kendall Norman. He's probably like, you know, on the beach and uh, on Hollister Ranch there, you know, surfing. Doing all the normal stuff that you know, motors professional motorcycle race, ex professional motor, current Baja One Thousand overall winners do. Yeah, Yeah. say is he really retired? Yeah, he's (laughs) no, (laughs) no. I'm trying to talk him into it. Yeah, but into retiring. He's yeah. Well, well, I'm trying to explain to him how old he is, (laughs) which it's it's because he needs a transition, Mm -hmm. and not that kind of transition that's popular these days. He needs a transition from like like. A a really fast motorcycle racer to a really professional trail rider. So this is how things work. Okay, Uh, next question. Cole Smith. Okay.
2: Are any aftermarket KTM fuel pumps assemblies worth buying? Talking about the whole thing, from electrical connector to tank outlet. Have an IMS tank coming and don't want to swap pumps between tanks. Cheers. Love the show and the tell it like it is ethos
1: i think Fos. i think what he likes is how i just beat on you all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know with you know just trying to make you you know better young man yeah yeah i think that's what it is um so honestly cole i have not tested any of the aftermarket fuel pump assemblies uh largely because none of my stock ones have gone bad and the extra tanks that I've bought, I just bought a stock KTM one because that was the only thing that was available, and it was earlier on. Now there's other companies that are making them, and I literally was looking at the business card of one of the guys from the company that makes the, the uh, aftermarket one. and I was going to call him just to say because I have two tanks that I wanted to put I have you know I have I exactly like you I just want to be able to switch the tank straight across and the other day I went to put a 500 tank on one of my 350s and I noticed it didn't fit because they were they they because the cylinder had gotten away and stuff and I was like oh I need to do something so I'm like I it'd be a good time to test this all this other stuff so I don't have enough experience to tell you but I would guess that if you're getting it again from one of the name brand com- companies that you're familiar with, they they're probably you know going to be okay. You can't go wrong with stock because you know how well the stock ones work. And some companies always you know say, "Hey, ours is better. We've done extra research and stuff." And until I test it, I can't tell you one way or another that it's that it is better. But if you got anybody here tested an aftermarket fuel tank? T- some. Of motor I'm pretty sure Takamoto will sell. If if it's out there, they will have it. Yeah,
3: but I think they
1: will. So Takamoto does. I know they do different fuel filters for the. You know, they have a fuel filter kit, so you replace the stock plastic one with a metal uh, fuel filter and some other stuff. They they have things, so I would uh, check out Takamoto. And I'm sure if you ask that question to Tako Mike, he would have an answer for you. Um, and you can go get it there. I, I would always say just remember who you're talking to. I'm not selling them, so I'm going to tell you what I know, and I just told you what I know. I don't know. So that's the uh, – that's what it is. What is Mitch telling us about that?
2: The Jimmy, I had a throttle cable broke once. We shoved a stick into the carb and rode it back at 75% throttle the entire time, five kilometers in bush. Poor clutch. What was wrong with 25% throttle,
1: bro? <laughs> it sounds like... Where would you set your throttle at if you had to make it a, a slide hold? Wait, let's see. Five. I shoved a stick in the carb. I'm wondering... Okay, Mitch, we need more explanation here. So where did the throttle cable break? I'm, I'm suspecting by the design there it that it, at
5: that the it broke at the slide. You have came up with a better Yeah, because yeah,
1: because we're talking about talking about how to hold it up, but they actually, why would, I mean, at that point, you can actually, oh, you should be like Kendall, you should wheedle the stick down and make it like a thing and you could just, if you did it right, you could ride along with your hand down there and you make it at a wedge and you could just, you could work the throttle and be, you'd maybe start it at like 25% to get it going and then you, then you dump the clutch, but it depends on which side your carb is on, whether you could reach down and, well, actually, you, you could reach down with either hand because at that point, once you got moving, you're not working your throttle anymore. So you don't have – because usually the right hand is very important to, to riding because it involves the throttle. But that's You should gone.
2: do this at the school. Weedle a stick down and show them how to – No, get a throttle to 25%. Just make it – And take off and, and try to ride. No-handed. Lock it.
0: Yeah. Hey, you always said if it wasn't for the throttle modulations, you wouldn't need to touch the handlebars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, you do need to throttle modulate yeah right, that's that's right. the thing is like it would be stuck at 25 percent, huh well i you remember when i did that drill with paul i said paul hold your throttle like when i go up the hill mm-hmm. you know when i do the nothing drill i go i'm gonna ride it i'm gonna do nothing but balance mm-hmm. right, right and i and i lock i literally lock my throttle yeah. It's the worst thing ever because almost aside from balance the rest of my I can i would say the next 70 percent of my bike control comes from throttle Right, right. How I'm using the throttle to correct. You
0: need those blips to get it up and put it where you want it to. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So <laughs> anyways. Uh, okay. Um, we have any more questions on this thing? Okay. We, we oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, Mitch said he tried, they tried 25% and they couldn't snap over logs. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 Oh boy. Um, yeah. I, okay, so you know what, Mitch? You know what I would have done? Here, here's where we go into like, you know, Jimmy rigging 101. I would have taken the throttle cable all the way out. I would have pulled the damn throttle cable out of its housing and used the ball on the end that's in the throttle, put that underneath the slide, and then run that cable up. And I would have done it the other way so I would have had some throttle control. And that's just me thinking about it in like after having a Tipo Chico, Dopo Chico hard seltzer. Because I probably would have had one in my backpack and I would have sat around and had that and then thought about my dilemma and then figured it out. But that's what I would have done. So, so sadly, the throttle, the trail throttle cable, I hate the sign. Huh? Sadly, the trail is
2: throttle cable. I hate the sign. So I think the trail is named throttle cable because that's.
1: Oh, oh, they they called the trail mm-hmm. that now. Right. <laughs> so I think yeah, there's okay. some some other ones we, somewhere. We have some we have some trails. I can't tell you why we have a trail called Five Nine. Five Nine. <laughs> yeah, we have a trail called Five Nine. Is it because fu- are you riding it from five to nine? No. <laughs> it's a story. It's. I told you we got to get Dave D back on the show. Yeah. Because Dave D and I, I, I have cool. Like actually, if I had Kendall and Dave D here, um, we could talk about rigging. To, I, between all of us and actually Johnny Campbell would be good to have on there too because Johnny would just sit there and just like go why didn't you prep it properly and do it right to begin with because <laughs> cause the three the other three that I just mentioned were all like guilty of like I just want to go riding and Johnny would go we can't go riding until everything is perfect it's the Bruce O style right right yeah make sure everything's good <laughs> okay another question you said you had another question. I think there was
0: one more somewhere buried in here. Uh, I accidentally clicked to go to the bottom, so then it just kind of lost right. my
1: place. Oh, uh, um, Roger says he uses tear-offs to get dirt out of seals. So this is good. Back to the fork seal discussion. Um, to clean fork seals, they make a tool. Motion Pro made this tool that was called the Seal Saver. It was a little hooked little thing that, that works really good, and people have used tear-offs. I used to use film like old film canisters. We pull a little bit of film out and slide it around on the fork seal. But trust me, 99% of the time, unless you've been riding in really thick mud, it's, there's a nick or something inside of the, uh, inside of the, Rick Liberson has a question.
2: How about some advice on riding whooped out single trail?
1: What's your advice? jimmy lewis off-road training perfect thank you logan yeah i can tell you through my riding school which takes a lot of work i mean we it takes teach a whole, that how to do that it takes a whole day to get to that yes because usually the reason that they're having a problem riding on a hooped out single track is because they're missing one of the four steps of riding a dirt bike four, there's no they don't understand the four steps but they're having a yes. problem with one of the two main things Yeah. Yeah. What are the two main things? Balance and traction. Right. So it's generally when it comes to the hoops, it's balance. And balance is causing a problem with the traction. And if you had perfect traction, you would just skim across them like a... uh, Supercrosser. Right. Uh, But since you're a little bit out of balance, you're not getting the traction. And then you can't figure out how to skim across them like a supercrosser. Nor sometimes do you want to because they're not supercross hoops and you haven't practiced them and they're not consistent so there's a lot to this um, more than we can explain in the two hours that we have in this show but here's here's the interesting thing <laughs> don't ride on hooped out single track that's the best answer yeah okay. I thought the best answer is just go around them go around them yeah you're on a single track don't make it into a double track there's only a little line hey, something to the side is our special guest around he's not around quite yet not around
0: yet okay no. You know. might show up. You should show up. But uh, so, qu- Jimmy, actually, I actually have a question for you about the whoops out. Because yeah, Supercross came up. Have you ever ridden Supercross whoops? Yes.
1: Okay. And, it, and, and could, could I ever? Okay. So when I was able to ride Supercross hoops, they were much smaller and they were closer together. This is a long, long time ago. And it was kind of a new thing okay and and so wait like new new so like whoops weren't always in supercross this was like a newer no they never built like straightaways of hoops really they, they developed during kind of the race and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden like we're gonna make these so they i remember when they first started making them they started putting them together remember uh, guys over in the the, the, the chitter chatter box over there this is a this is an audio f- format and everybody's hearing you talk I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm talking about super cross hoops. And I know desert donkeys over here got all like, I don't care about those. Um, but they progressively started making them and making them bigger and bigger. And, and once they got to the point where you would like, if you didn't do it perfectly or you didn't actually have your bike set up for this, you would crash. And then I stopped even trying, but it wasn't, it wasn't that often you could find a, uh, you know actually a prepped set of you know at the time super cross hoops that you could go ride because they took a long time to build and you know they'd build them for the the race and you, you just go back and now on youtube it's amazing what you can find all the old videos and stuff and you watch them and before it was just it didn't take much skill it was just gas it it was just right well, just throttled 75 <laughs> percent no i wouldn't say 75 i would say Pretty much, you just wanted to just skim across them. The same techniques we use in the class, essentially. No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. Um, uh, the, the I'm I'm sitting here trying to think about the 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 way that they were at, in. In the old in the old days, it, it kind of it was you'd have to actually set your suspension up to do them. You'd have, mm-hmm. it'd have to move pretty quick because you didn't want it to upset the bike. Right. But then they started making them deeper and farther, you know, deeper in the holes in between and farther apart. And it, it got to the point where if you missed one, if you didn't just skim across the top,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you would have a catastrophic outcome. And then that's when they became like what we're now referring to as kind of like supercross hoops. Mm-hmm. Not that they, we didn't have this kind of thing out in the desert, you know. Or, you know, on just really worn-out trails. But it was—it wasn't—they weren't peaked and, you know, cut with tractors and stuff. Right. Bob is raising his hand in the peanut gallery.
5: If you ever have a chance to see the Supercross whoops if, in real life— If I—oh, yeah. It, yeah oh, TV if, doesn't do justice. Yeah,
1: no, no. No, TV doesn't do Supercross hoops justice at all these days now. I mean, it's, it's crazy what they've done. And when you think about the technique— to going through Supercross hoops now is to upshift in the gear before you're going to go through the turn, and usually they have the bike set up, but they only have to do it once. But there was a time when these guys were upshifting twice to send it through the Supercross hoops, and the reason they're doing this is because they want good traction to to keep them, you know, because it's all about traction to keep that front end up, and they so they were able to get that traction by getting a wheel speed at a lower rpm you know think about this when you're upshifting you're getting the same wheel speed at a lower rpm which means lower horsepower which means less spinning and and it all comes down to tires you know tire selection to to you know suspension setup and how all that stuff works so there's a lot um a lot of things like that so so you really so
0: so you really wouldn't hit them at the Same way you would hit you know, big whoops in the desert at all, then? Huh? Like nothing.
1: No, because not they're. Because they're, imagine that the supercross hoops, the, the, the way that the reason they've become more and more difficult is they've gotten steeper and steeper and taller and taller, and the hole between them is <laughs> is, is farther. farther you, part, you, yeah. you literally cannot put your front wheel, you could not roll your front wheel down in between them without your cases hitting. Right. They're, it's almost like the logs. It's mm-hmm. like logs out there and if you think super cross hoops are on you know what i watched last night on tv i watched some of the uh, the super enduro rounds which is like enduro cross i heard i heard the last round was really good um i i'd like to find where i could watch the whole show i just was able to watch the highlights and stuff but i but i watched some videos of the practice sessions and stuff where these guys were like learning and trying some of these techniques and they're they're snapping off of logs and Mm. launching on the things and and the way that they're doing and the problem with these logs and stuff is that traction is relatively inconsistent. Right. So it's not like a. It's probably more like supercross hoops in the main event versus supercross hoops were the first two fifty qualifier. It's a totally different, totally different kind of thing.
0: Right. Totally different experience. I'll just I'll never forget. Uh, was it a couple of years ago where it was after practice, <clears throat> in between the last practice and the heat race, they built back the whoops up in uh, I think a Daytona or something.
1: Oh, and geez. then the privateers
0: just sitting there; they're just grenading all over the
1: track. Yeah, that was horrible. That was they. They, I, I, I they didn't have telephone poles at the bottom of those. <laughs> they, no, because that's the way they used to build the supercross hoops at Daytona. They used to lay telephone poles down and then pile dirt on top of them. Right, dirt and sand. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyhow, um, yeah, like like hoops, like in general, are just it's a it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. They're fun if you can get a rhythm through them or what I remember when I was a kid, the first time I ever saw them, we were trail riding on our XR eighties. We were up in Gorman. We went to this place, Gorman, California, and it's, it's now the hungry Valley state vehicle recreation area. And there was a trail that was like four miles of just de doos. And you weren't allowed to ride your motorcycle on the paved road that was right next to it. So the, the motorcycles all had to ride on the trail so it developed hoop to and they were really consistent just rollers forever and i thought that was the coolest thing ever because on my xr80 they were like jumps
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i could double them you know i could double 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 when i got good when i first rode there i didn't know how to do it but i rode it once and then i'm like i i think you know if you hit this you could double jump and learned how to double jump those and and then you double jump about six of them, and all of a sudden you jump into one that for some reason was square, had a rock at the bottom of it, and then you crash, bend your handlebars, steel handlebars on your XR80, and then dad's pissed. <laughs> 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 so, uh, okay. Got other questions? Isn't Baja just a bunch of hoops thanks to the trophy trucks? Uh, John i believe that yes any of the race courses have you seen the size of tires that are running those things now it's all about tire size and yeah it's i haven't been down there for a while but i I see what they're doing out in just you know in johnson valley or in in um in uh barstow and the other areas where they race these things and like you think it's bad riding on those courses cr- try crossing one <laughs> it's it's like super cross hoops <laughs> the other in the other way uh maybe even worse because they're deeper so um okay i think our special guest might be coming on okay i saw
0: it, it was it was a different name yeah different name yeah. Using someone else's setup so i'm gonna rearrange this monitor
1: a little Got bit it. so we can bring him back in yeah and then because i need this to be in a specific view hey, hey logan do you know who uh you know who ty davis is hmm you do pretty sure pretty sure so so i only know zip tie racing yeah <laughs> okay that's what you know that's what i know so you know how you don't know anything about my racing yeah because i raced with ty back in the day yeah but so so my whole thing is i'm gonna try to tell ty that i was faster than him during this whole time we're talking but you know this is not the case okay okay is he is he 125 supercross champion
3: Oh shit!
1: Or close to it. Something, yeah,
3: like yeah, that.
1: close to it. I mean, yeah,
3: he went on to go supercross, motocross stuff. Yeah,
1: he well, supercross, he supercrossing, he you know, supercross, motocross transitioned into off road, yeah, and and was very successful there. I think he was one of the only guys to actually go and literally like win, you know, national enduros, national and hounds, you know, hair scrambles, all in one year. And and I we can try to figure out exactly. All, all the, the all the, the things.
3: race at like 50 cc's old, and his bike was in
1: left field on the jetting, or a Heron
3: hound, or
5: something. Yeah, like that Ty was Ty out himself. there. <laughs>
1: yeah, so,
5: cool.
1: I mean. yeah, we're, we're working on getting him connected here. He's, uh, I think he's connected. He's uh, he figured, can turn on his. He's got to camera. turn on his camera. I, I do this at meetings all the time. I don't yeah. know how to turn on my camera. <laughs> well, he's, he's I think he's using someone else's camera name. Right. Right. So, well, we'll keep we'll keep he, kind can, of... he
0: can also speak into the mic
1: if he wants to are you there Ty can you hear us I can't hear you can't, hang, hang on, on hang on oh no we can hear you so we're good there you just gotta figure out how to turn that camera on and then we can see or we'll just do it like uh we'll just talk but then I'll talk shit on you and I can't see your expression and I might go overboard <laughs> <laughs> so uh does he have headphones he can plug in too cause we're getting some feedback oh yeah yeah if, is there any chance you have headphones oh yeah there's feedback i hear that oh yeah yeah okay should,
4: okay should,
1: you should send you should send out your your generic email that tells people okay this yeah, is on, I, this, I need to include a put on headphones this, this is on me this is on my producer it doesn't it's on me yeah blame matt there are ty there we are, <laughs> we are, we are. Oh, super cross
3: <laughs> <laughs> you like that you like that
1: yeah. How's it going? Um, did, did we still have in the feedback thing? Uh, probably. Okay. If, if, sound, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, we're it, having it. It's really bad. Yeah. Okay. You don't have any headphones, do you Ty? No, I no, don't. No, I don't. don't. It's Everybody's not like, it's not like I, I guess all, all times. Time, so. time, so. This is all new, is to, all me. new to me. <laughs> okay. We'll suffer through it. Is it, if it's really bad, the chat will let us know. And we'll no, try. it's bad. Like yeah. maybe just call in. I can't hear it. Okay. We're going to have to, I'm going to call you on my phone here. Because the because the uh, evidently the uh, yeah the feedback is bad for the show.
6: Is there anything on my? I'll call you I'm right eating? back.
1: On, you know what you can do. Here is what we'll do: leave your turn your microphone off, and then I am going to call you on your phone, and then just put your phone on speaker. Oh yeah, there we go. This is how we do things at the last minute on the fly here at Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the show where you can learn about dirt bikes and dirt bike related products tell us about a yamaha right so, here so ty it should be on the bottom left hand corner where you can click
0: mute
2: yeah yeah, yeah i'm looking yeah, for, it up right up now, up. for it right now For right now experience pure performance and exhilarating power with a full line of yamaha yz two-stroke bikes visit yamahamotorsports.com today to explore what's new for 2022 The re-revised YZ125 makes for the perfect step-up machine. Featuring all-new engine, revised six-speed transmission, new brakes and suspension settings, improved rider ergonomics with new aggressive styling, and more.
1: He's got to turn off his microphone on the... Uh, He's got to turn it down. Turn his microphone down or turn his microphone off? his speaker. His speaker down. His speaker down. Yeah, so you're going to listen to us... uh, Tile, listen to it. You listen to us through the. uh, I think if you mute yourself would also help. If I mute myself, maybe then I I can't talk to him. Oh, mute? How about depending? No, no, now he can't hear you at all. Now he can't hear me at all. Okay. You should get into the technical directing part of this show. Maybe. So we're talking about YZ125s. Now two fifties. Oh, four strokes. No. Oh, YZ two fifty two strokes.
2: Yeah. Also deliver improved rider ergonomics, new front and rear brakes, updated suspension settings, and aggressive styling. For the truly race-inspired look, check out the YZ250 and YZ125 Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Editions. And for the next generation of riders, the YZ65 and YZ85 and YZ85LW deliver big bike specs in a smaller package. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter Victory Zone today.
1: Okay, you should probably get a YZ sixty-five. You're 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 going downhill. That's one I did not have. No. Okay, Ty. I think I think we're back. Now we're doing double echo. No,
0: hold on. So so here's here's the problem. So moving yourself. So the problem is that the feedback is coming from uh, from the speakers on his end.
1: Okay, are we better now? Nope. Can
0: no. you help I don't know how to make this work. Okay, I I got it. We're just gonna we're gonna cut the Zoom. It's just gonna be a phone call. Okay, it's gonna be, okay. It's Ty, gonna be a we're, we're gonna we're
1: gonna call you back.
0: It's just a phone call. There we go.
1: Okay, you're good. Now we're good. Yeah. Okay, Ty, we're back on the phone. Does that work?
6: Yeah, I
1: can hear you. I'm okay, good. We'll, there we go. We'll figure this out before we do the next one. Uh, I'm blaming. I'm blaming everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ty Davis, welcome to the show. You are another washed up ex motorcycle racer, but you are getting into the race promotion game.
6: Yeah, yeah, we're definitely uh, washed up when we get over fifty. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I'm I'm um, promoting the Atlanta Grand Prix. this is my second year, kind of on my own, and um, it's a lot of work, and uh, it's uh, a lot of fun stuff. And I, I when the Atlanta went to the stadium, I kind of I helped build the track the first five years.
4: And uh, it was a
6: lot of fun, and we kind of re- bringing it back. You know, it was at Bartlett Avenue for years before that, and it's probably when you raced it and everything, and uh, just got too overcrowded, and then it kind of died. They tried to move it to one other spot and just kind of died. You know, the, everybody wanted it a big money grab. Everybody wanted so much money, they just couldn't afford it anymore. And uh, so Daryl Courtney, he was kind of in charge of the stadium and, uh, you know, wanted to bring it back. So here we are.
1: Yeah, that was such a I mean, you you remember this? I remember this. It was such a big race back in the day because like all the big names would come there whether you were a desert guy or you're kind of like a motocross grand prix guy and it was sort of like there was this King of Adelanto thing and I I I was never a big bike guy, so I would always try to win the small bike classes, but uh there was there was a time when, you know, you had, you know, Larry was probably the 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 one that kind of really started it because i think he's he swept all the classes one year yeah
6: yeah larry larry was the guy that to beat i mean he and then as he got older he could ride the vet classes so at the time you know i wasn't when i first started doing i wasn't old enough to ride the vet classes so he could always win more classes you know than everybody else and then eventually as time went on we could race with them there too but I've had some epic battles with Larry there, and uh, you know, with Danny Hamill also, and Honeycutt and Krause. and you know that that race is so fast in the past. It was it was crazy nuts.
1: Yeah, it was. I remember, you know, they used to, you know, you it was you'd run down one of the. It, it wasn't you know three ninety five, but you'd run along one of these streets that parallel three ninety five for a good like. You, I remember you'd go down the start, you'd make a turn, you just go hauling ass down this street straight out into the desert at a million. And it, it was, it was, uh, and then the desert was as fast as you could go. I think it it used kind of like cities st- or, or county or city streets that were all kind of streets, but they get so chopped up and hooped out, you end up riding out into the desert anyways, and you just have to go through kind of the checkpoints at the four corners of the course.
6: Yeah, basically it was a pylon pylon race. Was, you're right, it was four corners and. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, as fast as you could get to the corner, you had to make the check, and then, uh, you know, go to the next corner. And you're right, it got, that desert just got so chuckled out, and... uh you know, when I went to when I rode ATK, I was I was I was you know scared the whole time. It was <laughs> a death trap. <laughs> but I remember the the you know ninety foot triple jump that they had. That you know Rex and I were like the only ones that did it. You know, and it was crazy. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't go fast down the straightaways. But when I went to Kawasaki, man, those KX 500s were 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 the stuff. And uh, you can go so fast. I remember coming in and just laughing because I was just going way beyond you know I wanted to go as the speed and uh, the bike just handled it no problem and it was it was a lot of fun a lot of fun
1: yeah and it was enough it was like a true Grand Prix where it was enough like there was there was desert and then there was the you know at least at a west coast Grand Prix there was desert and then there was some you know they built that track kind of in that field where it was sort of a I wouldn't call it a real motor it was kind of a motocross track but they they built <laughs> yeah. some jumps always a water jump
6: yeah, for that time, that was the best. You know, that's the best they could do. I mean, they could do better, but it costs so much more money.
1: Yeah, so you're you're getting this thing rolling again, and now you're at the stadium where there's a there's a what a minor league baseball team that plays there.
6: Yeah, that's all pretty much gone. Um, it's that's all gone. The stadium's there. They're going to turn that that stadium into an event center and um, and do that. So you know, they just have a little bit of you know uh, soccer and you know a little bit of softball but nothing or baseball but there's not not much going on there
1: right and so you turn it into a little motocross track essentially or what is it what does it end up being is it endurocrosses or motocrosses or what do you put in there
6: so yeah so what i do we basically have that makes it the the baseball diamond area first second third base uh, home base that's the area we have to put you know put something on in there um, so what I usually do is uh, I put the wood pit because that's always a great draw people fall over but it's always you know it's fun to watch and no one really gets hurt and uh, you know the kids love it and stuff like that and then you know in the past I've done over and unders with the containers I've done all kinds of stuff and and uh, but I think most people just like like a, like a little arena cross they like some whoops they like some jumps in front of their you know their family and friends that are watching um, so I, I just keep it you know user friendly for everybody it's kind of where I I'll run the kids in the Stasics and, you know, all the, you know all of them. They can come and ride in front of their parents and stuff. And, and uh, so I, I keep that kind of, you know, fun for everyone, you know, challenging for the pros. We'll have some, you know, have a big jump for the pros so they can get some good air. And uh, we have like two motocross tracks just on the outside of the stadium. So and then they go out for about last year we did a three mile desert section. Um, it just depends on how many show up. Depend, you know, how many people show up depends on how long the desert loop will be.
1: Right, and the, so that so the desert is traditional Adelanto. You're going to haul ass, and it's going to get chewed up, and you got to go around the pylons. No, 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 I'm not <laughs> getting it. no, no. I and mean, that's a, a lot of people
6: want that, um, but you know, a lot of people. You know, well, I think just I think, think a lot of people don't.
1: It. I think a lot of people don't want that.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, they, they they don't want that, but they they have memories. It's everyone I talk to. goes, man, I remember you riding this and that and. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was dangerous back in the day. No, this this place here, we have some desert behind the stadium, and uh, we have a big, long pavement section. It's about a mile long, and then we peel off in the desert. And we, we keep it pretty twisty, more like a, a, a big six works style, you know, where there's some fast stuff where you can rest, but then there's some, you know, corners and stuff like that. And, and last year what I did was, it was kind of fun, was uh, after the start, you know, everyone kind of goes out to the desert, and I put you know either or, um, so it was two sections of the track that split split the start up. So guys go on the outside, guys go on the inside. It kind of they were about a hundred feet away from each other on different courses, and then it came back together. So it kind of made it interesting, you know. So you had a you know another way if you were behind a guy, you could get out and pass them. Um, we also had side by sides last year, and it was just a way for them to pass. And yeah. then on the motocross track, I did the same. Same thing. Um, there's a section where kind of a straight section, and we just had two rows of you know course. It could take either one to pass somebody. Just just to kind of make it interesting.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a cool thing. Is when you when you when you get to be a race director, you can kind of do it how you want. If you like certain kind of ideas, that's cool. So when 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 is your race this year?
6: It's uh, March uh, basically 18th to the
1: 20th. Cool. And you, so you have classes for everybody essentially. So.
6: Yeah, so we we have the 85 class. We have we have some quad classes, three wheelers, side hacks. Um, we have basically a lot of vet, vet classes. We have uh, Saturday night we'll have pit bike racing.
1: Hey, I saw um, yeah I saw adult mini bike racing. I, I might have a, a, a familiarity with this.
6: <laughs> yeah, Michael Bierman uh, hit me up and wanted me to have some classes for him. So we're going to have adult uh, adult mini bikes on uh, Sunday morning.
1: Okay. So they, do, they get to do the full course, right? Yep. So gear, yep. Gear, gear those mini bikes up, right?
6: Um, big, and I don't know. <laughs> big cheater, big cheater
1: motors, gear them up. Yeah. that's all about mini bike racing. It's all about cheating. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,
6: yeah. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And then, you know, we also have a team race, uh, best in desert team race we're doing on, on Sunday. Um, and the two cool things that I, I like are the Futures, which are basically the kids, uh, super mini kids, and the pros. And uh, so what in, in the past, when you and I used to race Atalanto, you know, it's like, who could win the most class? The 125 class, 250 class, 500 class, you know, it was kind of like, that was, you know, that's how Larry kind of started the whole king of Atalanto. Right. And then Big, big Six took it over, and they just had... One race, pro race, everything was all combined in one race, and so it was just yeah, a one I, one I'll race. Yeah, i tell you, the, the
1: one the one thing I got pissed off that, that the district did is that we used to be able to, in our time, or at least the beginning of our time, was you could race a 125 and a 250 and a 500. Like, if you went to a European scramble, you could race the 125 class because it was a 125 class, and they race amateur, expert, and novice all at the same time. And then you could race 250, and then you could race, you know, 500 later and, and now they run all the experts at the same time. So they kind of went from, a, as opposed to a displacement races, they went to class races. And I think that 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 kind of made it difficult. And, and I've seen this in the Grand Prix, too, because even, you know, like now, now they're doing, okay, all experts run at the same time where you can't go out and race the 125 class and, you know, other times. So that it's kind of cool that you're able to – like – at least get the guys out there on the track at the same time and what you're doing three different races for the pros. Right,
6: right. So what I I did is uh, we just we do have a two-stroke race. I did just all two-strokes just oh. because they're they're cool and stuff. So that's that makes it fun. guys can bring out the KX 500s or whatever they want, you know. Why is why is he 125s? Why is he 125s? Uh, I'll yep.
1: I I if I had a KTM 125 I'd bring it out. You know who watches this show all the time is some clown named Roger Hurd. Remember Roger? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, Eric holga <laughs> Oh, that guy! I take that. if you're talking YZ125s, he's the he was the YZ125 guy. But it was like you know uh, Roger. Yeah, who else? <laughs> there was the K Wells. All those. There was a whole bunch of us that came up in the 125 class. It was uh, fun fun racing with those guys. But yeah, maybe maybe I'll bring the YZ125 out.
6: Yeah, yeah, you it should. It'd be good. So, so we do for the super minis that I call it the futures class. Basically, um, I, they do a three moto format, kind of like the pros, but they don't race with the pros except for the last race. So they'll race two 45 minute races with, uh, with the amateur classes. And then on Sunday they race with the pros hour and a half and they do the whole course that the pros do. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. Like last year, you know, the you know, 450s come in the stadium, you know, the echoes and everything, and they got the thunder, the four strokes, and you got the 250s come in, and then the minis come in, and it's two-stroke sound. It just sounds so awesome. They're on the gas, and, and it's really cool because they do all the obstacles the pros do, you know, so it's, it's really, really neat.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's a kind of a, a thing now, you know, to give the, give the kids a, at least a stepping stone to see what it's like to be in the, in the, in the big class.
6: Yeah, it was it was funny because I got a lot of flack at the beginning when I when I came up with this idea. I thought, man, this would be really cool. I mean obviously I have a kid that's racing and, and I take him to a ride and he can do just about anything I do, you know, it's amazing. And I'm like, man, kids don't get enough credit. And uh, and I look at lap times and the lap you know, they're going fast, you know. You have women pros out there, they're going faster than most of the women pros and most the amateurs, and I'm like, you know, there's why can't we just race them with the pros, you know, and I got some flack because, you know, they think of a kid on an 80 that they're dangerous, they're not going to hold their line, but these are fast kids on 80s, and they do hold their line, and, and so we, 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 we tried it last year. We threw it in there to see what happened, and it, it worked out great.
1: Yeah, no, the, good, no. the the good the good kids on eighties the they 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 will hold their line. I just know this from going to tracks and stuff. It's like on the sixties, yeah, those wheels are a little small and they dance around or something. But the kids on the eighties, they're they're faster than eighty percent of the people out there, ninety percent of the people out there, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh yeah,
6: yeah. I know Dustin's class. Like when uh, he rides the K class uh, at district, they start they well now they're starting on the front row, but they start them like on the fourth row behind the. You know the the vintage and all that, and they end up catching all of them, the women, everything, and winning it overall. I mean, that's you know they're they're going fast, yeah. and uh, it's it's really cool. So so yeah, I I really like to get more more kids out there. We had thirteen kids last year. Um, I'm just try, I'm trying to get more moto kids to come out there. You know, I'm trying to get some big six kids to come on out.
1: And it, if you're just if you're just a kid, like you said, you have a stasic class. So that's like a that's like a beginner. Like I'm just I've just learned how to do two wheels, and I have a stasics thing. That you have a class that they come out and participate in.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So we do that. So this year I did I mixed it up a little bit. I'm doing the kids at night under the lights. Oh, okay. And uh, so I think it's gonna be cool. They get the race under the lights. Um, and some of the classes they're gonna go. Out of the stadium, I'm going to have uh, uh, lights out there, and they just do you know a little motocross track come right back into the stadium, and uh, it's just you know obviously the stasis and e bike they're going to stay in the stadium. You know, last year I had a a grass track and like uh, six days a little grass track, and then we ran through some of the enduro cross section and then back on the grass track, and you know it was it was really cool. They they had a blast.
1: All right, on. Well, uh, yeah, we'll. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back on like a week or two before the show so we can remind everybody about this but uh, trying to spread the word um, this is uh, like like I said it's a race that has a ton of roots I'm glad to see that it didn't just disappear because you know Adelano's grown I mean I know it's growing a lot of stuff <laughs> but
4: uh, it's kind of <laughs> it's, yeah
6: that, that is uh, yeah, that, the land that we're riding on has now been uh, zoned for growing, growing <laughs> and uh, so we don't know how long the race is going to be there, um, you know, because they're already putting fences up right now, and so we got to run around some stuff, some property. But next year we'll be, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But, yeah. uh, but one, one thing I wanted to mention, Jimmy, was on the pro class. Um, so what I've done is it's a three moto format for the pros and 250 pros and 450 pros. And uh, the first moto is uh, a 45 minute Grand Prix, normal Grand Prix. The second moto is at the end of the day on uh, Saturday. They're just going to run the enduro cross section or, or, or arena cross section and the two little motocross tracks, and they combined all that for a thirty-minute moto. So it's a moto guy, yeah. Um, and then the the last moto will be an hour and a half on on uh, Sunday, and so it's kind of three different styles of racing, um, paid per moto. So I do I do one hundred percent payback per moto, and then I'm trying to come up with a sponsor that we can do you know do a pro payback
1: you know for the overall yeah get a, yeah, do get a big purse overall. yeah. Yeah, yep. well, so 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 if you want to come out and spectate, that's kind of a cool thing to go out and see, and you can that way you get to watch the pros multiple times.
6: Yeah, it works out good because uh, you can come out Saturday or Sunday and watch watch the pro races. Yeah. And uh, you know one one last thing on, on that is we do have side by sides this year, um, but it's just a fun run. Um, you know, last year we we had we had we didn't have the side by side turnout that we wanted. Um, so this year, suspension or Supreme Suspension is a, a big sponsor of ours, and uh, and he he sells products like suspension lifts for your you know for your Ford Chevy what what And so we are you know he's basically behind this whole side by side fun run, and 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 basically it's, it's he wants to get the people that are on the couch that have a side by side that want to go out and go on a, around a race course, right? And basically you know you just have to have the you know. That's particulars you know belt and suit and helmet and that stuff but just so it's a basically a 45 minute it's not a race it's to go out there and just pound the course and you know roost the corners go over the jumps and just kind of for the people that never (laughs) get a chance to get on the course you
1: know those guys actually we should put up a sign here in Pahrump because we have those guys driving around town all over like they need to go there <laughs> not, not not here so so you can you can go to gp. dot com to find out more information
6: yes that or best in the desert
1: okay um everything
6: everything's on the best in the desert site also
1: oh really cool well yep. right on yeah they, they've
6: been really good because they you know they really i've known those guys you've known those guys forever and uh, i reached out to them and you know they're they're really supportive of, of this event and they're helping me out a lot and i really appreciate that
1: that's cool um so the 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 interesting thing here is uh do you remember when we, we were um uh kidnapped in uh, chile do you remember this
6: kidnapped in chile yeah Um,
1: remember we went you you, i I was down there and you came down we we had to race uh well i was told i was going to race the enduro championship but then we ended up racing an arena cross or something or in a cyclodrome you were racing the atk 250 you were the chilean 250 supercross champion and i was the chilean 125 supercross champion (laughs) and and then you and then you couldn't leave because you didn't take your bike with you
6: um i vaguely remember that I remember, that bike was that bike was already down there that 406 that was a a rocket of a machine <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean a rock, <laughs> a, rock of a, yeah,
6: a rock yeah you're right but, yeah that, that was a fun there was, was another american wait, down there
1: uh, uh not me besides me
6: yeah, there, there was, was another American. He was like he, he would he this he kicked everyone's butt down there, and that was like you know.
1: But I thought, that, but I thought you so so wait you won the two fifty Supercross Championship on a four hundred six.
6: No,
1: it was an open class. <laughs> open
6: class, <laughs> but it, it ran
1: like a 125. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, maybe maybe next time we'll get into some of the, the uh, some of the old uh, the old history, some of these crazy ass stories. So, but anyways, they, Ty, thanks for coming out. So what? Um, so you are still making a lot of crazy products.
6: Yeah, I, I do. I I haven't been really aggressive with it. Um, obviously, funding. But I do make a lot of stuff for the factory teams with, uh, you know, KTM Husky, Gas Gas, um, Factory Kawasaki, order some stuff here and there. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I stay busy with that. I, you know, I've had products, you know, I've had tire irons, the tire changers, uh, you know, uh, drain plugs. A lot of that stuff's been, been copied. You know, everyone's kind of jumped, jumped on the bandwagon. Um, so it's, you know... It is what it is. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's hard. To, it's, it's a lot of work to promote a product nowadays, you know, and uh, it takes a whole crew and I don't have that crew here anymore. So, you know, I, I work on bikes. I work on suspension. Um, you know, I just kind of do whatever it takes to, you know, to, uh, to keep the doors open. Uh, my last product that I developed was the fuel filter. And uh, for the four strokes, right? And we were we were had issues with that, that little screen clogging, and then you pull it out. Now there's no screen at all, and it goes right to the injector, and you know clogs that up.
1: So you, you so, have so for like the KTM's, you have the one. It's a big filter that replaces the connector.
6: So yeah, so you, you put that one side as a filter. So basically, you run the small filter, the gray filter, and then if that clogs up, I have a big filter behind it. It's like a twelve micron. Filter, because that that small filter is like a 20 micron. When they first came out with it, it was a smaller micron, but they kept exploding because it just, you know, it was too much pressure for that little filter. So they end up going to 20 microns. So I, I leave that one in there, and then I back it up with a 12 micron. So if you're out on the trail, the thing starts running like crap, you can pop that out.
1: And you have a backup, and you still yeah. yeah, you still have something to keep going. I have I have those on a couple of my bikes. I'm not going to kid you; those things are those things are pretty cool. I got them through Rottweiler Performance. So yep. Yep. Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris was Chris. He he goes, hey, check this thing out. This is way better because I think there was the other company was what it was like a it was a Golen filter or something. Yeah,
6: Golen. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we, we, we used those at the beginning, but we had some issues with those, and so I just I just came up with. You know, I just wanted something that was more simple that you just, you know, clicked in, clicked out, just
1: like normal. And this, this goes back to like what your, your dad used to do. So your dad had Terry cable for, yeah, yeah. He still
6: has, he still has Terry cable. We, we still make cables. He actually, you know, we made some cables for, for my kid's bike because we run a different throttle on it and, uh, yeah, he's still making cables, and uh, he does some Harley shocks now. He has a position-sensitive Harley shock that he that he promotes, and it's really good. And uh, um, he has a machine shop. He makes a lot of parts for like he makes stuff for like Race Tech, and uh, you know some uh, like. Some of the
1: tools for race tech he, he makes and stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, if if we had you on the Zoom call, we would we would keep you around for Roosterando because I know you were excited about this. You wanted to you wanted to check out everybody's <laughs> yeah. bikes, but I sent them the pictures of the bikes. Yeah, next next time we'll next time we'll get it a little more sorted out. Yeah, and, yeah. Because uh, because I I like it when someone else comes in here and, and uh, tells everybody what we really think. Because Logan <laughs> Logan Logan's my co-host. He's a little bit quiet. He doesn't talk too much. Which is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, Logan, you going to Adelaide on Grand Prix? Yep.
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. his dad just said, "Yeah, you're going." You That's We're you, gonna sign him up. Yeah, you got another. You got another customer right there. You, you riding your Stasek? <laughs> 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 uh, you can take the YZ125. Okay. Yeah. Look at him. His eyes light up. He's like, "Yeah, Logan. Logan's. Yeah. Logan's. Uh, he's. He's hanging around me too much. He actually likes his PDS." He liked my PDS shock better than his his uh, linkage shock. So, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> Brainwashing them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk, Tywin, you know how to make them work. You know how to make them work. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs>
3: so,
5: cool.
1: Hey, well, it's good talking to you. We'll we'll talk to you sooner when we get close to that race. And uh, thanks for helping out Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We're gonna start running that banner up on our ad thing here and telling everybody about that race. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, I, I
6: appreciate
1: I'm it. I'm not I'm not coming out for, of retirement. I don't think. <laughs> Allegedly. I know. I, I ran into Rosler <laughs> at uh, King Hammers,
6: and uh, uh, I told him about it, but he's, he wasn't coming out of retirement
1: either. <laughs> Larry's not coming out either? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I, 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 I'm just worried Mike Bierman's going to beat me on a mini bike again.
5: <laughs> 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 so. Oh, geez.
1: Right on. All right. Okay, we will uh, talk to you soon, Ty. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
4: All right.
1: Thank you. See you. Okay, everybody. That was Ty Davis, who was... Uh, is a 125 supercross champion back in the day it was confirmed by our chat room and uh man national enduro champion i think did he win national hair and hounds i don't know his resume i don't know even my own resume so don't blame me but uh and ty also makes coolant by the way he yes he has coolant. yeah it if if you search zip tie racing you will see some cool stuff his stuff He's not a guy that just like just shovels products out there. He actually he's a racer that's trying to make stuff that's better than what's out there. And when he talks about he's making it for the factory teams, and the reason that the factory teams come to him is because they know his stuff works. And and like I said, I have some of those little little things on on some of my bikes. So that fuel filter for one is a is a really cool super high end uh, thing. And it just it it takes. It just adds an extra level level of safety and integrates it into an existing part, which is kind of that's uh, how
0: it works. So, I need to start remind. I need to start uh, telling people they need to bring uh, headphones on. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's what. Let's not. We had let's, this problem with
1: Andrew before, so that let's I, not. Let's not. Do, but Andrew had the headphones right there. Yeah, yeah. Was, so it was a quick go. fix. But Cause cause this he, is a he. He does do. he does these things all the time because right. he's a famous Dakar racer, Supercross guy. Supercross guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's used to this. I I wouldn't have known unless I'd learned from making the same mistake, mistakes. Right, right. So hey, we're, it's time for our commercial, commercial break. break,
0: and then we'll come back. With some so we're going to come back
1: and under. Are you ready for under, Logan? Yeah, you sure. You're all wound up. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got you've got the contestants. hmm Are they good? Am I going to like it? Or do I have to have another beer? Uh-huh. Actually, I'm going to have some number one tequila. Look at that. I've been taking a little while tonight to get to this, but uh, it's been a busy show. So, okay, we're going to uh-huh. take a commercial like break. It. We'll see you in a little while. And uh, we've got more questions to come to. You. Lots of lots of, lots of more show to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. See you in a little bit.
4: What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Takomoto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden and raced and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.
1: Welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 129 brought to you by Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, and the Adelano Grand Prix. If you're in the uh, western United States and you're thinking about racing a grand prix. The Adelano Grand Prix would be a great place to start or go to or do another crazy race. Um Logan what time is it?
2: Rooster Endo time.
1: Rooster Endo, this is everybody's favorite segment. This is where you send a picture of your bike with a description of it or a video under 2 minutes, which by the way we got finally got one that was under 2 minutes. I didn't have to send them back and ask ask for them to edit it down right um so you send us in your bike and then we analyze it our expert committee over here talks about it tells you what we think and then uh we tell you whether your bike roosts or endos so let's get right into it logan who Mitch we got? ogb has a
2: stock 322 two stroke and 250 21 two stroke circo Just thirteen fifty two gearing.
1: Okay, I'm already confused. What what bike?
2: Sherikos. It doesn't. It didn't. The printer printed about
1: pretty dark. These are two Mm Sherikos. Oh, the printer printed it out. But so we're looking at a two fifty and a three hundred. Yeah, Sherko. So it wasn't because he didn't open the aperture up on the damn camera. No, it's dark, but there. I think the printer printed it even darker. Well, I like the darkness because that usually means wet dirt oh yeah look at that area Look at that. yeah that's and, and, my dirt and that's that, on that riding area. hey i've been i've been riding there before cool. i'm pretty sure <laughs> so um canada. looks yeah looks good canada that doesn't look like canada it's like canada's a little believe it or not canada yeah. in my experience which isn't a lot but it's a little bit flatter than this this is this is looking to me like it's the, the trees i'm not going to say where because i don't like to tell anybody where they're riding at but uh it looks good. So go continue on. Uh, regeared, P3
2: skid plates, boobless. Boobless? B and T are not near each other on a keyboard. Had to check that. You Rear. did? Yeah, I checked it. Pretty sure it's not a typo.
1: Okay, so they're boobless, but not tubeless.
2: Yeah.
0: I Rear. wonder if
1: it means, it's supposed to be bibless. Bib Bibmoose? You oh, think he? Moves. Hey, do you That's think he? Do you think he road. talked in? Do you think he talked into his phone? Mm-hmm. Maybe. What? Mitch? Mitch gave us some good advice earlier, didn't he? Didn't he ask a question? He's loving it. Mm-hmm. You're You're loving that you're confusing us, but okay, keep going. With rear with
2: bib and tubeless, and same tire around four psi.
1: Wait a minute. So he's calling it bibless. So he's don't worry, I know I know there's actually some other there's some ongoing testing where people are combining the tubeless and the moose mm-hmm. into this into a um a uh combination. So in other words you're pressurizing your your tire chamber to take some pressure off of the off of the moose. Is that to create the so, most expensive? So size? well yeah, we're working on some of that tire setup setup. well you're trying to get you're trying to get your tire to last your moose to last longer um i haven't tested it i've tested something like that but i haven't tested though that particular system the one that involves the tubeless inside of the because the tubeless would actually because the tubeless system actually pinches the bead up against the tire or up against the rim so when your moose starts not allowing your tire to crush down it could be a really it it could be a really good system although it adds weight and complexity so it just depends on um boob boobless. that's what he calls it boob boob i where do you get boobies in this
2: i think that's just what he's calling it the okay. mix of
1: boob and tube bib well, wh- and tube bib okay so bib it would be bib bibless Mm-hmm. But he's he's got a fascination with boobs, like I think a lot of people do. Um, so that's a, a sidewall is solid for less wallow and better side hitting, and it won't slip. I don't need two rim locks. Uh, we're trying to decide where this thing roosts or endos. I don't know anything about your bike. I'm just fascinated with boobless <laughs> at the, at the moment. I I i see mitch posting a lot i think he's on the the books of faces he's a facebook yeah he's coming on the facebook yeah thing. yeah do you, mitch do you have a lot of different like odd bikes are you the kind of guy that just does not ride a ktm or a honda something tells me maybe he's maybe. he's this guy there's another there's another guy also that that like he has huskies and shirkos and smw's and all this stuff like this um boobless equals dude huh like man boobs curly just if you don't have boobs you're probably a dude okay okay boob oh boobless equals a dude i got that now can we table this discussion (laughs) we have to decide okay you were right why is that he has a ton of different bikes oh he does yeah. Okay. Does not have a 570 Husaberg.
4: About
1: time. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You thought we couldn't go a whole show. You thought to just forget about wondering. this. Um. I'd say middle of the road. I I don't know anything about his bike other than no, we're just fascinated. It's like. Oh boy, I'm gonna get in trouble if I start saying. It's
5: <laughs> a code. Who knows.
1: Well, I know. It's a Shirko, but now we're just fascinated on its boobs List, <laughs> Yeah. We don't care anything else about it.
2: Well, it doesn't have a whole okay, lot Okay, and
1: Go ahead. Put it up there, Logan. Here's a pin. Put it up there. We'll start working on the next one. Richard. The picture's horrible. I don't know anything about the bikes and Silvera, whatever, but it has boob so it go- wins. So,
0: no, the picture's actually really nice. It's just I had to cut out most of it. It's actually a really scenic photo.
1: Oh, what are you doing editing their photos for them? So it can fit on
0: the rooster endo board. Okay.
1: <laughs> you don't have to print it. <laughs> There's some scaling or something like that. I don't know how it works. Okay, what's next, Logan? What do we got? Richard's Salveria. Richard Uh-oh. Uh, 2021 KTM
2: 506 days. TACO, Git ECU, FMF 4.1 TI. DID X-Ring... VX3 707 racing suspension slash valved slash sprung seat concepts motor minded epic
1: kit slash Baja designs when are you gonna get to the bomb is it coming
2: I don't know what a bomb is
1: but the bomb oh you'll you'll hit it I'll I'll let you know
2: CMT carbon Michelin road 5 VR front slash rear Coso Air fuel ratio Michelin gauge.
1: Michelin Road. Mm-hmm. The slicks. Do you see the slicks on it? <laughs> yeah, this is this show is brought to you by DirtBikeTest.com where we ride on things that have knobbies. How? Why would you take a perfectly good dirt bike and put slicks on it? He's got. He's already got a street bike in there. I love the American flag in the background. I'm into it. I like the Michelin banner in the background. I like the KTM flag in the background. But you put slicks on your stinking dirt bike when mm-hmm. you have a street bike in the back.
0: Hold on. That's, street. That's not a street bike. That's a – because it has knobbies
1: as well. Well, so he put knobbies on his street bike and, and slicks on his dirt bike. Thank you. I'm confused. <laughs> but, okay, keep going, Logan.
2: Trailtech Mini Tac. That's good. SM Wheels, Blinker Delete. SM tidy brake light, Warp Nine kickstand, orange frame guards, EBC two three twenty mm millimeters rotor slash Warp Nine bracket.
1: So if you had a if you had a disc rotor like this, Because
4: mm-hmm.
1: that's a rotor. It's, that's the rotor that's that big. You might want to discard on the front because <laughs> that thing's going to hit some stuff if you rode it on the dirt, yeah. which you don't because you have slicks. Endo next
0: carbon fiber tank the carbon fiber tank
1: that's a really stupid idea right bob the carbon fiber gas tank
0: oh man he's in the chat too (laughs) he's right
1: there's this wr250x in the back it's a wr250x that's a street bike why would you take the 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 roundy tires off
0: of your actually isn't the x the dirt dirt version and then the r is the street version no, it's so confusing. There's like, too many like, like one letter changes the bike completely. It's really weird. Yamaha's hard to do. So we're. Oh, on. this is the video.
1: Oh, we got a video on this
0: video submission. Yeah, video submission. All right, let's hope this the video submission works.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, I hope oh, so.
0: So now you can actually now you should be able to talk during this video submission now. Okay. Oh. Okay. Let's uh, see what happens when we switch over. Do I get to see it? Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, Probably here, let me there. let me
0: put it on this screen for you. Okay. Kay. Okay.
3: Okay. Hey, alright. We got 2007 KTM 450 EXC, uh, FMF Quiet, Mega Bomb header with it's wrapping legs on BLD's 6 gallon tank because the pet cocks right there. We got Brett Leaf, Shock and Forks, Resprung, and Rowley. Pegs, KTM, just plastic skid plate. Some disc deflectors back there. Baja Designs XL Pro headlight for the newer style fender and mask. Moose in the front. Plastic thing, custom. Plastic thing. I, mean, there we go. I like the Plasters, plastic thing. So we don't have to clean the radiators out. HT oil cooler. Seat concepts seat. And then we got foam grips with heating element underneath. Oh yeah. Um, What's the I like throw switch. <laughs> and then <Trail laughs> tech and old Garmin. Is that the horn right up in front in your hummus. face? And yep. Scott's underbar mount, I think that's about look it. Look at where
1: he's at. That's a he's he's in a bitching sand wash. Look at that uh, sandwash. I guess
3: see you on the trail.
1: <laughs> you will see me on the. We're gonna run into each other someplace. If you're riding there, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. That looked like an awesome sand wash. That guy's bike is, I mean, when I first saw the picture, we had the picture. Mm-hmm. I looked at that picture and I'm just like, oh my god, here we go. This is going to be just overload. It looked like there was parts, like so many parts. Parts could fall off, and it would still there'd still be enough right. bike. But uh, that's a good, that's a nice chariot. Yeah, in a nice place, a well done video is like. Oh, a, in, in, his, in his in his
0: picture he sent there's a, there's actually a tent that presumably fit in that bike
1: dude he, that that bike has enough storage capacity to take a tent and some cooking stuff and like yeah. that's a that's a winner that that's, bike that's, it, it's a and it's an older bike it's not even the new one the only problem the only problem with that bike is it has a carburetor <laughs> right but he he, not the bike's fault, he dro- i know it's not the bike's fault <laughs> he dropped he dropped brent leaf suspension which mm-hmm. is like i guarantee you that suspension is good because really? the the Brett would not do it unless he was tuning it for you mm-hmm. so that's that's good that's that thing's a that's a ringer that's a really good mic. Yeah. um and a well done video by the way I don't know why it was clipping I think that was my producer over there what you, he jacked up the sound or something the sound levels were messed up maybe no
0: that was a the file uh, was too big I think it was a when I downloaded it because I just hit... It just didn't download oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah. Oh. So one we're going to blame these, the computer.
1: One of these days we'll figure this stuff we're out. We're not going to blame the fact that I didn't check it once I downloaded it. Right. you know, you, well, you got a lot of extra spare time around here. Where's that photo at? Mm-hmm. What do we do with it?
2: Right here.
1: Okay. Roost. Hi. Okay, that's, next. That's up there. Yeah, it's up there. Right now, I'm I'm. Just not even going to deny that that is currently our ongoing winner. Plus, the other thing I said, if you... If you submit a good video, you're gonna win this time because yeah. we cause we just were lacking on the video ones that I like, especially when you show me a really bitching sandwash that I want to ride in. And now I'm, it's all I'm, all I'm thinking about. It's like I want to go up that sand wash, mm-hmm. like on a Hoosaberg, taped like mm. that. Sand wash won't
0: look the same afterwards, but S- sand wash yeah. sounds to make you fall asleep.
1: <laughs> so. Okay. Evan Michael. It eat, it eats whoops with the camping gear. Well, probably not. <laughs> but and uh Curly says uh K- Kyler. Curly mm-hmm. Kyler. Um hey, carbs are reliable and easy to fix. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no no. No.
1: The the carbs are reliable. They're reliable and easy to fix. Not. The I Well, I guess I have to wait 20 years to figure out how much of how problematic my fuel injection becomes. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Okay, we got an adventure bike. 2015,
2: 1190 on a trip out to Colorado. Rottweiler Stage 3 Power Commander Dampener. All the goodies. Was a really cool trip. Camped and fished for a week off the bikes.
1: All the goodies. That's an exhaustive list. <laughs> like I see I see a A
5: Prokovich. There you go. You Prok-o-vich. know,
1: I, I actually met the owners of the company yeah. and I mispronounced it. Oh. I couldn't I couldn't pronounce it properly.
3: So
1: it's more like a, yeah. <laughs> more like a but it, ac- oh, I you know what I, I I never common one. Yeah, that's not right either. I know. Yeah, they they, 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 they told that's me how they told me how to say it, and the problem is I was probably so intimidated at the time because I said it wrong. Um, acro, just call it acro. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that. Um, so if you got Rottweiler stuff on it, it has too much power, so you don't need that. Um, it has a tank bag on it, and people say I've heard that the only reason that I don't like tank bags is because I have sensitive nuts. <laughs> and, uh, Hey, you, you were called the that, the princess and the P the princess and the P. Yeah. not That
2: make it softer because there's something in between the metal gas tank and you
1: know, no, I've sensed that they, even any, 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 anything that's touching them is a nut is oh. too much. Yeah. So the problem <laughs> problem is, is like the, it interferes with my personal space. That's what I like to say. The, the tank bag interferes interferes with my personal space. And for touring around, I think they're great, especially when they're when the the tank bag is like up in my chest area. But when I stand up and it gets into my crotchal region, uh we start having discussions that that I don't I don't like. So I'm um Did you put a PDS shock on your 1190 like I did on mine, buddy? Endo yeah, and uh, is that even publicly accessible for the PDS shock? Yeah, yeah, you just buy one, they're on the 1090s. Oh, that was the biggest problem with my 1190. Actually, two big problems between my 1090 and my 1190. Uh, number one, no PDS shock on the 1190, so it just blew through the stroke and kind of bottomed out a little bit too much. And uh, and the other thing is, I don't know how they did it for a bikes for two bikes that weigh so similar on the scale. I can't believe that my 1090 feels 40 to 50 pounds. Or maybe seventy pounds lighter most of the time. So easy, accessible snacks. And San Felipe Bob uses a strange name: numb nuts. Hmm. No, numb nuts. Numb. That's like I wouldn't have numb nuts. Hmm. Uh, it's the other way around. But okay. Um, and Mitch is replying yeah. to uh, Curly, we like to call him. Uh, been on carbs for life. No issues really. I love it when the 1920 TPIs don't run oh right on the trail. Oh boy, here's a can of worms. Do <laughs> oh, you really? Old? I no, love no. my TPI bikes. I have never I, in, other than the early ones, when, when I, because I was told to try this, rode more than 2,000 feet in elevation change without shutting the bike off, which is kind of hard to do. like it's really hard to find that to, to do that. That was the only issue I've ever had with TPI bikes, stock ones. So, I know some people they stall easy on, but I think that's your clutch control. <laughs> and I know other people like they oh, they you know, their bikes don't yeah. idle. Their bikes don't idle, but I have no idea how that happens because I've tried to simulate that condition on my bike and other people's bike and I don't have that problem. So, I'm not saying that KTM is perfect, but I'm telling you what. For trail riding purposes, and I rode mine around at the at the King of the Hammers. Mm-hmm. I rode a lot of the rock trails and stuff. I raced King of the Motos two years ago. Whenever the last, not the last time they had it, but the time before that, that stinking bike made stuff that I used to struggle riding up easy. There was places I was worried about being able to ride up, and it was easy. So, suck it in your TPI, uh, whatever carb things. I'll take every carburetor and replace it with. If I could, I have a lot of TP. I have a lot of um, carbureted bikes for sale. (laughs) So, okay, next. Hey, you know what still has a carburetor? Already did that one. No, you didn't. You did four strokes. No, we didn't. Oh, you did two strokes? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I want to talk about the the controller. The YZ125
2: and YZ250s
1: have carburetors. So if you want them, you can have it. Not... I I have one. Yeah. I have two of them. Then. They can have. Yeah. You should get a YZ125. He actually is a YZ250 guy. Hey, for motocross drivers driven to dominate, there's a YZ line of four-stroke bikes. That's the YZ250 and YZ450. You may or may not be familiar with these bikes. They tend to be leading the Supercross championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can try to take the guy out, and he will still (laughs) come back and win the overall. And he may get wrapped around And and a even bike. even yeah. if you've come off another brand and you hop on the YZ, mm-hmm. you're gonna end up winning supercrosses. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. It's yes.
1: it's been proven. And the reason is, then the only reason is, is because of the Power Tuner app, which is available to everybody. You can just go on your phone and download it. You don't even have to own the YZ. You can download the Power Tuner app and you can play with it. Build a bitch and, and you can build maps, even if you don't have the bike. But if you get the bike and you bike and you build a bitch and map. You have an awesome YZ. Yeah. And that's, that's not even considering the full factory ride that you can get with the exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics package, which is really kind of a side effect because when you're riding your YZ four-stroke, you're not looking at it. You're riding it. Everybody mm-hmm. else has to look at it. Yep. But if you tune your bike with that exclusive power tuning app, the industry's only free power tuner app, you're gonna be heading to Victory Zone. So visit Yamaha Motorsports.com today to find your Yamaha YZ. Right, Logan? Yep. How was that read? Pulled it right out of my um cranium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's next? Next rooster endo.
2: Trey Thompson. Okay. With the 17 KTM 1090. Scott Submount. Oh well. Hold on. Here's 1090.
1: This yeah. thing is 40 pound, 40 to 70 pounds lighter. And it has a PDS shock on it. Yep. Okay, but keep going.
2: Scott sub mount, Recluse, KTM skid plate, wing pipe, Rottweiler intake. Pretty sure he has a Hoosberg 570 because he says if this doesn't make it, the Hoosberg 570 is coming out.
1: Oh, so he's got he's got he's holding Think back so. with his Husaberg 570.
0: So some context behind that last comment is he submitted a bike two weeks ago and didn't get on. It didn't get on the show. It didn't get on that show. He won Uh, last week, actually, because that that bike then appeared on last week's show. But he submitted this thinking that his other bike got passed over. Oh, this is his second submission because he thought his first one didn't get on the show. What was his first one? A five hundred exc that won last. That won. It was
1: a stock one. It was a really stock one. Yeah, it was really. It was really nice. Yeah. This this is this is a nice bike too. This guy knows how to set up his bikes. Yeah, he, he's—I I can tell—he's doing the stuff that he wants to do. He's got a. I, I
2: like guess that. I, I get—you
1: know—here's the problem: is I think I'm—I'm—I live in this stupid world where people have multiple bikes, mm-hmm. and I kind of—I'm kind of forgetting about the little guy, you know, the guy that only has one motorcycle. Yeah, and when I worked at a at a motorcycle magazine, I remember my predecessor. Picked the product of the year, mm-hmm. and he he picked the product of the year was a motorcycle stand, and I I remember seeing that I'm like, there w- there was some other really cool stuff that came out that year as a product, and I'm like, you how could you pick a motorcycle stand? And his reason for picking the motorcycle stand was because it stacked up; you could stack multiple stands up together and they didn't take up much space. And I go, who the, excuse my French, has that problem? Like, even if you have a couple different bikes, usually only one of them goes on a stand. Mm -hmm. Because most of of the other bikes, you know, you have one that doesn't have a stand, and the other ones have kickstands. So, forgive me for understanding this problem more than you should know. But, um, so yeah you, you can't pick a motorcycle stand that stacks up together as a as a product of the year for the regular people for the peasants mm-hmm. you need to have a product that works for everybody and it's a nice stand i get i guess but stacking together should not be the reason for it winning so back to how this applies to this guy he's got a really nice bike this bike roost but you're not going to win tonight There's i like the alcan more. sticker too the alcan because you're you're um you're semi-canadian
0: no you're, i'm alaskan yeah
1: alaskan yeah, but that's yeah. canadian. semi-canadian semi-canadian that's, that's a northern canadian
0: yeah. yeah there
1: we go yeah northern canadian it's a fun fun highway to, to drive on. hey do you still get money every month from the alaskan government
0: no no if i'd stayed up in alaska for another year i would have started to get that though oh but yeah. it's it's not much it's only like i don't know it's like maybe it might be up to i think it's 1200 it might be up a little bit a but, month no a year a oh year. yeah oh. no it, it, it depends on it depends how much. Enough for beer, eh? Enough for beer, it really depends on how well the the oil industry does up there, too. <laughs> if I remember right, because it's a,
1: yeah. Okay. Part of show. What's we got? Any more? That's it. That's it. That's Who's it. our winner? Are we, 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 we Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's. What's the name? Uh, let me pull up his name again.
1: I forgot already. So did I? I think it's Chris. Chris. Uh. Bramel. Brumel? 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 Yeah. Hey, Chris, congratulations. You're going to get a $100 gift certificate from Takamoto.co. Go there to find out how you can spend it. It's uh, – you don't – you've got you, – they will have something that you can utilize for oh, yeah. sure. He's got most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would just suggest upgrading to a uh, more current fuel-injected KTM 500, and you'll be super, super happy. Um, but your bike is nice. But – I'm jealous of that camping setup. The, the funny thing is the fact that he managed to skip from where his bike is, if he can skip that whole 2008 to 2011 range of KTMs, he's done a really good job. He'll he'll it'll, It's everything that bike has, and then everything gets a little bit better. Don't know how I know that because <laughs> I had one of the ones in between, and I had to rebuild it too many times. Okay, questions? You ready for questions, Logan? Mm-hmm. What does Seth want to know? Uh, 2022 yz 250 fx cold
2: starts instantly but once it's up to temp (laughs) if i kill it when the switch with the switch or stall and try to restart the starter just cranks and cranks it sometimes backfires but most mostly just doesn't want to start if i drop it into neutral and hold the clutch about one eighth open it seems to start better what might help the hot starts new battery different mapping
1: so uh, yeah, both of those things. So this is a known issue. This is the Yamaha starting on the four strokes is a little bit more. I would call it problematic than than uh, other brands and other bikes that I've ridden, especially hot. You know, going they start cold, they start right up, but their warm starting is a little bit. And I've asked them about this. So there is something you can do with the mapping and it's at the zero zero position on the on the um, the power tuner app, which mm-hmm. you can easily go in and change. And I don't have the exact answer because I think it's it's dependent on where you know, where you're at, your altitude, the temperature and stuff like that, whether you actually make it richer or leaner. You know, you can, that zero, zero, you can plus two or three or minus two or three on the, on the fuel is what you want to do. Don't mess around with the ignition there. Just mess around with the fuel there and you may be able to get some improvement. I've never been able to get the kind of improvement to make it instantly start back up. And I've asked about this. And so, um, but you can, you can change it a little bit. So that's the one thing I've tried a bunch of different batteries as well higher cranking apps and all stuff did not make a difference not not any difference at all. The one thing I will say is that Yamaha, the battery that they were coming with when they went to the i think they're still lithium batteries they had a like a lighter weight battery. their battery actually has like a um I'll call it a like a overload circuit or something. So if you keep cranking on it, it'll actually quit cranking. So you go to start it like 4 or 5 times and then all of a sudden it doesn't start until the battery sort of cools itself down a little bit. So sometimes if you like to just keep cranking it, the stock battery isn't the most optimum, but I've learned that probably the best thing to do is to is to learn how to touch your starter button better. Mm-hmm. I've found that if you, if you, like if you push it, you know you, you stall it or whatever, you know you come in a turn and you stall it and you go hit it, and it doesn't start. Stop, and and then go again. Like tap it once, tap mm-hmm. it, yep. and then push the button again, and then hold it, and it usually starts up. So yeah. it's like it's like oh, it doesn't start. Tap it, then do it again. And I don't know if it has to do with the way that the sensors take a reading, but this is this is what this is what i've kind of found in my experience but the other thing is is if your clutch on the yamaha specifically is like a little bit worn it's a little bit dragging like he said he can put it in neutral and he does all it shouldn't make any difference whether you pull it in a quarter turn or a hat you know pull a quarter lever or whatever it shouldn't matter if it's disengaged it should be disengaged and free But if you find that it starts a lot easier when it's in neutral as opposed to when it's in gear, you might notice that your clutch is putting a certain amount of drag. And this works for any bike, that your clutch is putting a certain amount of drag while it's in gear, and that's not allowing the the motor to spin it up to the speed that it needs to actually fire. So if you find that going to neutral means it fires as opposed to in gear, you may have some drag or some wear on your clutch. Uh, that could be, you know, causing some of the issue. Maybe your clutch is not completely disengaging. Um, the fact that you're talking about it moving at the lever, what do you say, a quarter inch in? Mm. Eighth no, inch in? throttle. Hold the throttle an eighth of an inch open. Oh, oh
2: throttle. I button. mean, eighth of the way open.
1: Eighth of the way open. Mm-hmm. So... If you're do man, that can be making it lean and or rich, you know. So mm-hmm. it could be lean because it's open and then air gets through, or it could be rich because it's sensing that it needs to send that much fuel in there. Um, and at that point, you. you do, I I found in the Yamaha's do not touch the throttle. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to when you go to restart it, just actually if you take your because i've i've watched guys do this when they have starting problems i've watched them and they do the two-stroke thing where they go like this when they're when they're pushing yeah. the button you know that like when they're kicking it you know they, they twist the throttle so that's another good point take your hand off the damn throttle take your hand when you go to start it take your hand off the throttle and grab the the throttle housing mm-hmm. so you don't twist it because you're confusing the the that you're confusing that that motor um and, and they don't like to start like that a lot of times. So there's a couple things, Seth, hopefully, hopefully that answers your question. There's a, like, go ahead and practice it, stall it on purpose and try it. This, and this is what I did with test bikes when we had them because they do not, they do not start as good as other bikes. And it, the, but the only problem that I have is it's, it's incon it's a certain amount inconsistent. Like there's not one exact set thing to do that ever, you know, fixed it. So um but you can learn a procedure. Like I said, that the 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 one thing is if it cranks and it doesn't start, stop, tap it, and then start it, you know, push it again. And they usually start up, but do not touch the throttle when you're doing this. So that's my answer. Sam says, Jimmy, after
2: 150 hours, I'm doing the top end on my twenty eighteen Beta X trainer.
1: Why? The first <laughs> top end I've ever done. Okay. Because well, you're doing it because you're curious. This is like me cutting into lawnmower engines when I was a kid. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So he's going he's gonna to do an unnecessary rebuild on his engine.
2: When should you do the X-Trainer?
1: The X-Trainer? If it's ridden the way the X-Trainer is meant to be ridden? 300 hours. Yeah. I mm-hmm. would guess. Yeah. But anyways, okay. So... Back to the original story. When reassembling... Sorry sorry to interrupt. How many hours are on your X-Trainer? Nothing. 28? Yeah. How many cartwheels? (laughs) 28. 28 (laughs) 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 cartwheels. Yeah. That just about... Okay. Okay, so continue.
2: When reassembling, what oil do you recommend using? Car motor oil, assembly lube, two-stroke premix oil, or something else? Love the show. Reassembling on
1: what? The motor. He's yeah. doing a top end.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I kid you not. I put two stroke top ends together dry. I put I put if I put a piston, I put I put maybe a little two stroke oil on the on the a
5: wrist pin,
1: wrist pin wrist on the connecting anything. on the you know on the rod. Um, you know, usually they're wet to begin with, mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll just slide it together. Sometimes you know if I've if if it feels any way tight, I'll throw assembly mm-hmm. lube on it, but um if anything a little bit of two-stroke oil there and and then i'll put together the two-stroke top end dry i don't i don't put i mean i remember when we were you know we were rebuilding kx80s back in the day they put put oil around the piston rings and stuff but there's there's oil in the gas and it's going to lube it up and that those first few strokes may actually help it you know break in or seed in better i don't know there's I'm sure there's some place where there's like science where you're going to get the the 0.2% more power or whatever. Um, I I guess if you're going longevity, you maybe would err on the side of having a little more lube on it or something, but I would just bolt it back together. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it apart unless you're just looking to see what it looks like inside. Take your exhaust pipe off and look up in, into the port, look into the exhaust port and look and see if there's any blow by, by the rings and, because that's a double ring piston i would guess I would on that thing i don't know i haven't i haven't pulled one apart because i have one in my garage you have one in your garage mm-hmm. and uh, they just kind of low rpm run forever two-stroke motor the betas in my experience we did a on dirtbiketest.com there's a rebuild video remember big john's beta yeah the
3: 250
1: or 300 that we rebuilt 300. yeah we we rebuilt one of those back in the day and when we took it apart and it was a high hour bike hard use bike and we took it apart and said they built these things like tanks they did a really good job with that bike so um have fun and enjoy the rebuild um learn something and then learn you don't have to do it that much i don't think but let us know if there's any problems with it
2: connor Steele, hey jimmy thoughts on lower compression piston for a 2019 crf 450 rx i noticed red moto sells them on their website do you have any experience with something like this and what
1: are your thoughts so i don't have any experience with that on that particular bike i have tried lower lower compression pistons on four strokes before and i'm trying to think whether they were like so the rx i would call that a pretty high performance motor and and the, my experience came from when we were testing all these different compression ratios on, believe it or not, XR80, XR100 motors because we were just we were trying to squeeze the most most out of it. And I would think that if you're trying to tame the bike down and trying to get it to maybe rev a little bit more, it probably won't make as much torque, which I don't think is a problem. It might make it a little less prone to stalling. But I'm going to tell you that what I know about Red Moto and then they're they're enduro focused and they're off road focused. Um, that th- if they're offering that, it's probably a good thing. I know that I that that company has always been taking 450s and turning them into 400s, and that's a really good. That's a that's actually a good thing for most trail riding guys. So if they're offering a lower compression piston, and they say I would guess that that would be a good option. And, and uh, I was supposed to ride some Red Moto bikes, actually one of their their two eighties or three hundreds, uh, but that disappeared. The option disappeared. I wasn't around. I don't know what happened. But yeah, I would say go for it.
2: Bill Hall says, other than price, give me the pros and cons about titanium parts and fasteners on your off-road bikes.
1: Bob. <laughs> Bob. Uh this is uh Mojave Bob over here sitting in the peanut gallery. You used to put a lot of titanium shit and aluminum and aluminum shit on otherwise really good motorcycles. Um what was your reasoning for doing this? So I
3: didn't have to go on a diet.
1: So he didn't have to go on a diet. Okay, so you had disp- okay. you're, we're talking about disposable income. Um other than price, so other than price, so it's so you don't have to go on a diet. this is is that what the question was? Mm-hmm.
4: Pros the, and cons so the or... pros
1: and cons, the pros are you don't have to go on a diet and the cons are um, the aluminum stuff breaks real easy. The titanium stuff has a a, a, a service life that's a little bit less overall no. That's not no, the case. The,
3: the bolts will react at different,
1: A diff- The titanium is different frequency than the steel bolts. And that might, some riders might notice. Different that. frequency yeah. of, well,
4: hmm.
1: yeah. I'm sitting there going back to my experience with them and stuff like that. I don't know that. Yeah, I can see this. What about, what about like longevity? Like, it do, be the same. Say, same, same as steel, all this stuff like that. Um it won't, they won't corrode like steel, right? They're super expensive. Um yeah, I don't I don't other than you just get to pay more for stuff. Yeah. Go for it, I guess. It's it's it really the bang for the buck on what your buddies think about it is probably a little bit lower because they don't get to see it. And it's just not it's not I mean, they might see the you know the outside of the bolt, but who's really looking at the bolts on the motorcycles? Well, get some new tires. Jimmy, okay. Uh, Bob's raising his hand. When got it comes to stuff something? Like that, stuff like this, if like titanium really bolts.
5: To increase the performance. You'd be better off going to your school.
1: Increasing the perfor- oh yeah, go to go to my school. You could spend the thousand bucks with me as opposed to those titanium bolts. And then everybody will notice how much faster you are, and not you don't have to stand around and profile your bike based on its bolts. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like wondering what's. Well, I'm not going to go there. Also, uh, we'll have a big announcement next week. Big announcement next week about schools, oh, right. riding schools. Yeah.
2: Should you lower your bike? Video. George Well rider says, "Yeah, all good, but if the rider is real." lightweight like my wife they'll never get the correct sag with sock stock springs and they're short five one, as she is that's when they only fix is lower bike with softer springs
1: everything you said is correct mm-hmm. yeah I, I can't dispute anything that he said the the problem is is that we don't have like a, like a, I'll call it a mid sized motorcycle. We have mini bikes, then we have full size bikes, and there's very few mid sized. But, you know, the X Trainer is an example mm-hmm. of this. The KTM Freerider is an example of this. There there are some, you know, kind of hybridish sort of stuff. But exactly what he said, you know, when you you can't go to the soft enough, they don't make a soft enough spring rate. And if they do, it sacks the whole suspension out. So there there is this. You know, kind of conundrum, but it it does affect the handling of the bike. And so that's the that's the that's the downfall. I haven't ridden a lowered bike that handled, we'll call it, you know, properly or adequately. And so I feel for the the smaller riders that don't get to ride a really good handling motorcycle. And if it was left to me, I would be the guy that would try to figure out how to, we'll call it, stiffen up a smaller motorcycle or mm-hmm. adapt a smoter, smaller motorcycle as opposed to. Try to drag a bigger motorcycle to fit the person.
2: Soilsman ADV says Beta has engineered a two inch and a one inch lowering kit for their bikes. It has made a ton easier for me to learn riding techniques for single track. I don't jump a lot, so it I don't mind only having nine point eight inches of travel instead of eleven point eight. It hasn't changed any of the handling characters of the bike. I started on a 1976 XL80 and I don't know it had, I don't think it had three inches of suspension and that didn't keep me off of the woods and riding. I think internally
1: lowering a bike is the only way to do it. Okay, so his XL80 had five inches of suspension. I know this because I've broken a couple of them in half and torn the uh, foot pegs off the bottom of the cases. So I'm speaking of experience there. And the fact that he didn't feel the effect of the handling is because he doesn't know the difference. It's it's just like you don't have that experience. And so it's there's something we say, if you, if you don't know, you don't know. You know, if you... If you don't know, you just don't know, mm-hmm. right? You, it's, it's something you don't have experience with. So you just have to kind of – well, you can either learn by, you know, trying these things. And, and you know, once you've lowered your bike, go and ride a normal size bike and see if you notice a difference. And some people may appreciate the characteristics, characteristics that lowering the bike presents. They make them more stable. They feel a little bit more heavy. Heavy and stable seem to have a thing together, but they they don't they don't turn on their wheels like they're supposed to, and they they tend to handle slow, and that's good for a novice. But as you start progressing, and the other thing, and you'll agree with me on this, like the reason people lower the bikes is why
2: they want their feet on the ground.
1: How many feet? Both. Is there something wrong with this?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because. We always say if your feet come out and you're trying to touch the ground, you're crashing, both feet. Like if if both feet come off the foot pegs, you're preparing to crash. People say, I want to put my feet on the ground. Well, put one foot down because if you're in balance or you at least know which side you're leaning to, you can put a single foot down. And, And even if the bike is tall for you, you can move your butt off to the side of the seat and still get that foot down. On most of my bikes that I ride, under non, we'll call it non-extreme enduro conditions, I cannot come close to touching the ground. I have a 30-inch inseam, maybe on a good day. Um, that's when my um my balls aren't super big and they're like raising me up off the seat because mm-hmm. evidently I have big wavos Um, so you're trying to, you know, the thing is when you put your feet out and you want to touch the ground, we don't ride our motorcycles like this. 99.9% of the times you're not riding with your feet on the ground. Of course, I know when you stop, you want to put, quote, your feet down, but you should just put a foot down. And so this whole lowering thing, and then, I, you know, and I see where they chop the seats too. So there's all these different things. You're lowering the suspension by the suspension, which is probably the better way to do it because at least it leaves the integrity of the foot peg to the seat top together. But once you start cutting the seat and you start scrunching up the rider you know your legs fold down closer and then all of a sudden it's it's hard to go from a sitting to standing position and you know you know when you're riding you're constantly transitioning between those two things so there's a lot lot more there to it i wish they would design a we need a bike for bigger dudes we need a bigger chassis like mountain bikes think about they come in small medium and large Mm i agree and it and it's just we don't have the it, it's expensive to do you think about it, it's not that easy just to stretch out a frame because in order to make that frame work you think about it the motor just say we keep the motor in the same spot and we start tre- stretching the frame out it's like well then all of a sudden the the the, the plastic doesn't fit where the radiators need to be in the and the seat you know isn't connected to the you know, it's not sealing up the airbox or whatever. I mean, you, it doesn't just stretch so easily. There's so much more stuff than on a mountain bike, where they only have to keep about thinking about keeping the crank center where it's where it's at. And there's nothing. There's not a lot of other integral parts to the motorcycle that are connected.
2: So, okay. Husky Holler says, "My suspension guy says the geometry is wrong on the tw- tw- 2018 Husqvarna FE compared." to the fx fc it is too high in the rear and is suggesting a different leak for the the rear that will lower the bike i looked it up and the seat height on the fe is 10 millimeters taller than the fx also the fe forks are shorter than the fx fc i dropped the forks and the triple clamps it seems to help the bike from pushing in deep sand or is this because of the air forks on the FX slash FC models what do you think TIA TIA
1: I know that means something what does TIA mean thanks
4: Thanks in advance advance.
1: thanks in advance there There we go really you're thanking me in advance for (laughs) what I'm going to say so a two thousand eighteen husky um i'm okay. sure I'm sure I've ridden him uh and the fact that he that he this is awesome, so he actually instead of just like you know buying in and saying, okay, they're great, mm-hmm. he actually went and lowered his fork, so he tried to raise the front end of the bike up, yeah. and this is the proper the proper technique. The things with the the huskies is they're all on the linkage it's all linkage bikes so you're not it's not like ktm where you're going between xc and uh, xcw or exc which is you're going from a linkage to a pds so I'm, i'm kind of thinking back to why they would you know why there'd be 10 millimeters in seat height and where they measure the seat height is kind of in the center of the bike so that's you know that's I don't think that's a indicative of the front end, front end being lower or higher. Maybe that's just the characteristic they wanted to provide the bike with. But did he say how much he lowered the? He said it's ten millimeters taller, but he doesn't talk about how much he lowered the forks in the clamp.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that that you know the balance of the bike would be that much it, it is kind of different.
3: Linkage rear, but they put the KTM front end. They
1: they put well, they put the 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 Explorer Explorer fork, fork. yeah. Yeah. And but it has the
3: linkage rear, which does have more travel.
1: Yeah, so I I don't.
3: So it's kind of
1: unless unless I was actually able to ride them back to back. Um, and the fact that he wants to just straight away go to a different linkage was you know maybe maybe he's tested that and had some really good success with it. That might be that might be an option but it'd be interesting to find out um what the kind of what the the main reasoning was to 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 say to say that it's it's kind of like if you're if you're happy with the way your bike works but then you read all of a sudden like this thing doesn't do this and then all of a sudden it does it well, you know, at least now you're aware of it, and then there's some changes that you could be that could be made. And so, if you go and change the kind of like sliding the forks down and say, "Hey, maybe if my front end we're riding a little bit higher or my back end were a little bit lower," that'd be a good thing to try. I sounds like sounds like at least there's some logic behind what he's talking about. So, at say- least it, you know, and if and if it improved the, the the mod that you made improved it, then you're going in the right direction. So. Yeah, Sarah twenty four UTI. What about for extreme
2: enduro? Long time trials riders starting to ride your bikes, and the seat height is ridiculous for things I usually do easy, pivot turns etc. I am five six.
1: Um. Well, you're coming from a bike that does not have a seat, and, and is shaped like a V. In other words, there's nothing that's stopping you from getting your foot on the ground as far as the chassis is designed, you know, trials bike to to enduro bike. So um in in and coming from trials you understand the the maneuverability of the bike and stuff like this. So you think about it, how it's, it's kind of a question of like what you're actually doing with the motorcycle. Like, like how, you know, for certain situations, the trials bike is a better ride. And for certain things that the enduro bike is a better bike to ride and how much you're kind of crossing between that. And, and you're just going to come to the point where like, I'm taking this motorcycle that does this and I want it to do more of this, then you're going to have to modify it or adjust Mm -hmm. it. So I, I think, you know, when it, when it goes to lowering especially coming from a trials background you know you're coming with a bike that has a much shorter wheelbase is a lot lighter and that lowering your enduro bike is going to make it feel heavier and longer and especially when you're talking about those pivot turns and what she's talking about it's going to be harder to to get the lowered bike to do that than a normal sized bike so um that's uh that's it's a it's compromises it all comes down to compromises and i don't know that there's a that that there's a simple solution to 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 fixing it so Mm
2: -hmm. ss big exception with the extreme enduro i used a trials bike most of these sections around here now i have a lowered full size that's maybe the only big adventure just stopping and going is irrelevant on bike size. Do the smallest lowering possible to get comfortable and
1: just get used to it. Um. So he's he's saying that he's happy with his lowering, mm-hmm. but he only did the minimal. He didn't lower it a ton. He just lowered it the amount that made him comfortable. Yes. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's what you want to do. I mean, uh, no, I think he's asking – Oh, do you, Oh, do you lower it or? No, do, I think he's agreeing understand. with you. He's agreeing with me. Yeah, that's strange. So big exception <laughs> to,
0: with big exception with the extreme enduro. I use a trials bike. Uh, that's the only big advantage is stopping and going.
1: Yeah, he's I, I, when with you. when you go to, and, and it depends on what your definition of extreme enduro is. So I was thinking about this when I was riding my new to me KTM 300 through the rocks. The other day, and I, when, I, when I set George's bike up, which I raced at King of the Motors, I, I ran a lot less sag in the back so I could get the bike to squat down more. Mm-hmm. But I did not go to a lower seat or anything like that because it, it, it doesn't, for me, that wasn't the, the right thing. I wanted to make sure I was able to, you know, because a lot of times you're kind of sitting down and dragging your feet, but then you want to be able to stand up very quickly and having a seat where I was going to fall down more into it. Um was an issue, but I did run less, quite a bit less SAG. In other words, I sacrificed something on my ride height to get the seat lower, especially not so much when I was where I was supposed to be, but when I'm in the back of the seat, kind of dragging my feet like rudders,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is a whole crazy ass technique that isn't a proper riding technique. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing this and you're doing it properly, um it 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 doesn't make sense to 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 normal riding but you have to be at a pretty high level um not to say that i am i just copy what i see the extreme riders doing on all those videos you watch the videos i watched all that um the world the super enduros so i'm practicing all the stuff those guys are doing yeah those guys are freaking pivoting their bike on their rear wheel it's ridiculous but anyways um so so i i think it like if if you're if you consider just riding on a like a single track trail out in the forest extreme enduro where you would riders of higher level just ride through and don't even think about it then then when you kind of need to roll it back and don't change your bike setup to compensate for what your riding ability is not doing like if you're balanced and you're comfortable and you're controlled and you you can ride right through this like the higher level rider does don't Blame it on bike setup. Don't think there's like a – it's just like there's no magic pill, even though I'm just about ready to buy a bunch (laughs) of magic pills for my diet program that I'm going to go on because I I don't want to work. I was thinking about it. It's a lot better just to like buy the pill as opposed to actually like start training, running, and doing my sit-ups and push-ups like I'm supposed to. So that's what happens when we start talking about like you know certain bike modifications. And you can just work on – you can work on yourself and then all the bikes work. So – I should probably take my own advice. Um, I think that's I think that's the last question. Yeah. It's the last question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did we put everybody sleep? Sleep, Logan. Uh, I
2: checked, and there were sixty six follower. Seers. Sears. Now there's
1: Forty three viewers. So we killed everybody off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all your girlfriends left the chat because they're getting ready, waiting for you to come over afterwards. Like like your twenty girlfriends that left the chat because they know that the show's over at usually at nine and they're expecting you to show up. I know how it works, Logan. I was like you one day. Logan.
4: Logan, where are you at? Are you coming by later?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody. Hey, with that, I want to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank uh, Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, and of course, start thinking about going out to the Adalano Grand Prix. Um, I may show up, or Logan's going to show up. You can, you can visit Logan. Logan's going to have his own booth out there, <laughs> where he's going to he's going to sign autographs at the Adalano Grand Prix, so we know that's, that's going to bring them hundreds of more entries, like they're expecting from this show. So uh, thanks a lot. I don't think we had any questions that we missed on the chat, did we? I think we're good. We just a bunch of people giving me crap. If you're wondering how to watch this show. Um, live every Tuesday night on YouTube, on Facebook, a couple other places. You can uh, especially share this if we answered a question or we talked about something that you think other people should know. Um, you know, share this thing. This is how we're. Uh, this is how we're kind of growing a little bit, and uh, I enjoy that we're talking about things like boobless and tequila <laughs> and uh, all the other stuff. Hey, Victor, thank you, amigo. Uh, Victor's our uh, Mexican representative, even though he's living here in the States, ma- yeah. uh, evidently illegally, but um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, anything else we need to wrap up? Uh, just uh, we'll have some exciting stuff to share next exciting week. Exciting stuff like next week. Uh, we have a big school this weekend, got rally training coming on. We have a tour with Johnny Campbell going this, this next on Valentine's Day. There's nothing better to do on Valentine's Day than go ride your dirt bikes with Johnny Campbell and because if you had a really good Valentine, she would want you to be doing that. But sold out. Guess what? <laughs> so you can't go. Um, okay. I think that's it. Logan, what do you say? See you on the trail. Cheers.